This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Well, good morning. What's up, Kenny? He's back! What's up? He's back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yes. the hot takes have been percolating. Yes. They've been marinating. Yes. They build with interest <gasps> over time. It's amazing. Oh, Wait great. till you hear. I, I saw people, and I hate this. I hate this whenever, because I used to hate it. When I would fill in for you yeah. for certain shows back in the day, the night show, yeah. the hell ride, yeah. you know, it would be like, Put the guy that's normally back on on the radio. You're not the guy I tuned in for. And you're always working at a deficit. So I felt bad. I, I would see the tweets because people would tag me when I'm out and guys like Peter Lynn are doing a great job or Danny Cunningham were doing a great job. I was listening. I was listening at home. The shows were great. And the tweets would come in. Hey, come on, Lima. Get back in there. Restore some decency to this show. And I'm like, well, I'm just. Restore some decency. Not, well, that was me who, who tweeted. Yeah. That was me who tweeted a couple times. It's like, come on, let's let's get the show in order. No, I, I felt bad because I, I see that all the time. And I'm like, guys, it's a dead time of the year that I took off. There's probably. Well, that's when the child was born. You didn't just yeah. take off three weeks out of nowhere. You were on paternity. Well, I tacked one on. It was supposed to be two weeks and I tacked one on. Oh. Because I'm allowed to. Didn't need to say that. Well, didn't need to say all I that. I had planned on coming back. Unfortunately, uh, I guess there's a difference between natural birth and C-sections when it comes to really well, the 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 wife having Can to do what the wife needs well, to we're do. We're just we're really getting into the yeah. nitty gritty here. Okay. Well, there's there's a bit of an there's a bit of an incision that goes on. It's uh, the hairy details. I'll spare you the hairy, gory details of what happens. Holy shit! It didn't matter the first time. When we had Isabella, I didn't need another week because there was no child to take care of at home. Yeah. Isabella needs to be lifted. She needs to be making a dirty dancing. The lift, mm-hmm. the end. There needs to did be. Did you put baby in the corner? You know, there needs to be well, all of this. Did. Um, unfortunately, you know, she wasn't going to be able to do that. So if I went to work last week, we would have we would have had to hire professionals at home. Bring and in a moving company. To, let's be honest. I don't I don't make the money that other people make in this town. I can't. I can't have the au pair at home. I can't have, you know, the extra ch- child care. So I had to be home. I had to be home for an extra week. Pete Buttigieg got like six months, Ken. All I'm asking oh, for so was the third week. So you've come back with a different <laughs> political point of view from your vacation. Oh, that's a lot of news, Max. Oh, that's very interesting. That's what, that's what guys okay. do when they're sitting at home not having sex and not talking to women. 
They watched Newsmax, and that's what was happening. <laughs> oh, hell. That's fantastic. But it was it was interesting to hear the shows, to hear what people cared about, to hear just topic selection for the station. And I, I mostly did not. I barely tweeted <laughs> over the last three weeks. I barely did any of this because I wanted to hear. Because honestly... I, I'm being dead serious. We have we have egos when it comes to this. Like, oh, no one's going to do the job like me. But then you sit for three weeks and you're like, ah, was I maybe not that good after all? Was yes. was 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 something like this on autopilot anyway that anybody could just come in and do? Like, I just have always had anxiety. I don't know. I don't know what do they 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 call it? Imposter syndrome or whatever. Believe it or not, like people people even despite the the uh, humongous ego that I have. You sit out for a few weeks and you're like, I could probably sit out forever and no one would miss me. This this thing this thing would be fine. Eventually, eventually mm. there would be devotees to the new station, to the new format, to the new host, to the new topic would there? builders that 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 exist. We'll I see. think so. We'll see about that. I don't know. I don't know if we'll see about that, but I'm just saying. A lot of rewind too. A lot of I did a lot of rewinds up. I barely watched any sports live. All the sports had to be consumed after the fact because of the running around. So a lot of Cavs games, stop, fast forward, stop, fast forward. It's so annoying. It's the worst way to watch sports. I felt that you were bored a lot. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, because also, think about it. When you're on the air every day, you're also, I'd like to think that this show does a pretty solid job of creating new conversations about things. Yeah. Um, Not always in my favor. Some of those new conversations get shut down immediately. True. And people don't like those new conversations. So I'm just sitting at home. We're talking about SNL at some point at 745. Oh, during I've got Lama new Lights. conversations on SNL. Yes, we do. But I'm, I'm sitting at home thinking how I would operate all these different things I want to talk about with the Browns, about Andrew Barry, about Kevin Stefanski, about the soup. My God, the Super Bowl was at the start of all of this. Um, when I had to hear all day for, for a week how bad of a coach Kyle Shanahan was. And so it birthed a new take that actually not only is Kyle Shanahan not bad, he might be the third or fourth overall guy in all of football I would take, and I would take him over a bunch of quarterbacks, which, of course, I got roundly made fun of. Yeah. So it's like I, I that's what happens when you're charge. at home. When you're at home, it's just an incubator. It's it's an assembly line of thoughts that are coming out one by well, one by one. Not necessarily good. With the Shanahan thing, did you take it back? Were you like, ah, this is sleep deprivation? Or um, do, are you going to double down? I probably, you would take Shanahan I probably over. would push him down a little bit okay. further. There you go. Thank you. But, but. Coaching wise, I still thought if it if it's not him, maybe McVay. But over Andy Reid? But these are both over yeah, Andy Reid. I've Reed? never I've never had Andy Reid. Wow. Up there, up there. He's a good coach. Surpri- like what? he's an all time great coach. I would hope so. But Andy he's all time great, but I'd rather have these other guys. Yeah, I'd rather have these other guys, and probably just because they've been able to prove um that they can do more with less. That's that's what I thought the calling card of Shanahan was that He's the one guy in the league. How much less is Jared like, Goff, Like, he would though? take Jared Goff. My God. How much less is Kyle Jared Shan- Goff? Jared Goff would be the best quarterback Kyle Shanahan has had. I think I think Jared yes. Goff's right up there with Matt Ryan, yes. to be honest. But how much less is he when he's played in an NFC Championship game and a Super Bowl? Yeah. Two NFC Championship yeah, a great games point. and a Super Bowl, technically. I'm sorry. It's a great point. But yeah. then, you know, the the argument would be if 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 he never had McVay to begin he's with. He's the number one he overall gotten? pick for crying out loud. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the yeah. potential was always there. If you never had McVay to begin with, what we but had done. people still put him with a with a significant ceiling. Like people don't treat Goff any other quarterback that's been to uh, a Super Bowl and AFC an NFC Championship game. 
any other quarterback, you'd be like, oh my God, like how we talk about Joe Burrow. You'd be saying, well, that guy is going to be a problem. And people do not talk about Jared Goff. Well, like I think that. eight out of 10 fans would take Justin Herbert over him. And I think 10 out of 10 media members would Who's take Justin Herbert absolutely over him. Absolutely nothing. Who's exactly proven very little. Trevor Lawrence. Boy, he's a he's an interesting one. I'm starting to pick up a little bit of yeah. negative vibes down there in Jacksonville. Like, are we really going to pay this guy $300, $400 million? We really going to do this? Because it's not necessarily saving football the way we thought he was going to save football. And and there is some conversation to that because I know and I thought like, hey, he is playing injured. I think the Browns really flummoxed him. But that I mean, that's a different conversation yeah. to have over a long period of time. I'm excited you're back. Uh no offense to JP or uh Spencer or who else did I think? Danny. Danny, Danny, Lord. I'm sorry. And there was a day was where none weeks. of you were here. It was three weeks. There were two Actually, days. Two days. Two days. Yeah, I was sicky last week. Yes. Yeah, I heard I heard a bunch of that it too. Got bad. What got bad? Just the sick. Oh, I thought you meant the shows got no, bad. No, I don't know about the show. I mean, that's up to Owen <laughs> and everybody else. I have no idea because I didn't. I told I told Jonathan, I was like, I didn't listen to a second. I'm sorry. Not a single second. Yeah, you, I, was well, I was texting you and I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? That you that you oh, that certainly I wasn't were not of the state of mind no. to be able to do yeah, it was a bad. show. Yeah, it got bad. Either way, uh, how is the uh, the new one? Fine. Um, that was a. That was a confident you remember fine. the name? Do so it's going worse. So it's going worse for Sarah, my wife. Usually does. For me, I'm like, this is actually going better than I thought. But the whole breastfeeding versus versus formula, which I know is a vicious well, debate. We'll do that at that's our seven twenty. I mean, that's our whole seven o'clock hour, is it not? I'll, I'll do that. I mean, right my now, God, I don't give a damn. My God, you go to the hospital, and and of course we were at Fairview. I told you. They, well, you, I, I, you, I, I, they listen. Yeah. They do a, an unbelievable job. Of course, they wake you up. Phrase. They wake you up every five minutes, which I don't like, but they have to because they have to make sure the wife is going to survive and that the baby is going to survive. So it makes sense that they have all these committed nurses. Okay, we you really ask know. them, hey, guys, I'm fine. Can I'm you fine. Leave? Can I go in another room? Can I check into a hotel? Can I be anywhere but here where Can you're I waking into me another up room here in this Because I am not needed here in any, in any facet. That's a movie. Uh, yeah. By the way, you know who one of the nurses was in the birthing unit? Who was it? Over there. It is, is somebody with a very famous last name on oh, this show. Oh, that's right. Brian Hoyer's mom. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, I was getting the scoop. I got all the scoop before, before the Johnny Manziel scoop yeah, came did out. Johnny wow. say anything about her? I know. I, I I think Mrs. Hoyer should go on Club Shay, and start to s- s- spill some tea, if That'd you will. Be very Kenny. nice. That would be there very would be. nice. Hmm. She's got a lot of tea to spill. Anyway, but that what happens or what's said in the birthing unit? You know, it's a stays pact, in the Kenny. birthing unit. It stays right there. Uh, also, the first thing you do, I guess, back in the day, they used to. They used to not trust parents at all. So, like in the in the seventies, they would take the kids, they would take the babies away immediately and go to the nursery. Yeah, and you basically had to demonstrate that you could keep these these little ones they give alive. Give you a bag of flour, and then you, <laughs> the first night you do it with that. Right. It's like in high school, they give you the crying doll. Um, not anymore, right? They 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 want you to actually take care of the, the children, yeah. and and it's a rude awakening, I think, for a lot of new parents immediately. Like, oh my god, this is twenty four hours. Um, we said, no, no, we're good. We had a really rough first day over there. It was 24 straight hours. It was labor. Then it was C-section. I mean, it was, it was the worst nightmare of what you would have wanted. Yeah. And we're like, uh, you can you take baby Mason right away. We'll see him eventually. And we did that day too yep. as well. You uh, have to do uh, that again. Told, the, yep. But that's the, what you guys are calling Enzo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Enzo Mason. Yeah. But the, but the Is Enzo on this show, the debate 
that rages on in places like that and beyond about breastfeeding versus formula. Holy cow. That is maybe one of the most vicious debates I've ever been a part of. Did you hold like a town hall forum to discuss it would how you would be doing yeah. it? Did it you would hold be a, a town hall. That right up, that be right up there with IVF. I'd, I'd enjoy doing that one too. Ooh. We can do that on another day. Oh. We'll let the people in Alabama sort through that to begin. Um, but Kenny, you know this firsthand about Is that a football and, coach. We can bring on. <laughs> Where's anyway, Coach Coverville? Anyway, but but uh, but you went through this. You I don't even know if you disclosed any of this on the air, and 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 maybe we're telling tales out of school here. That's fine. But you you warned to- me oh, yeah. about this ahead of time. Yeah. And look, we wanted to do the quote. This is, I would never say this again, but the right thing at that time was like, oh, we're going to do it then our natural way as best we can. Second baby comes around and Sarah's like, uh, you need to be able to feed this, this boy. You, you need don't. to be able to do it immediately. And so any delusions of, oh, you know, it's going to be Sarah in the middle of the night at all times. Fe- cluster feeding this baby every hour on the hour yeah. for the first three months of his life. That went out the window so fast. I mean, whoever wants to do it or whoever can do it, you know, bless you. Uh, but mm-hmm. I told you we decided against it. Uh, they they tried. They tried to talk her into it. They do, yeah. And that was with our first one, and finally I said no. And then the other ones, I told you, they kept going, well, we really, and I go, this is our second, and then it was, this is our third. You'll take him away to the nursery. <laughs> I did, Like, very rarely do I have to put my foot down and be like, all right, nice Ken's going away. And yeah. in those two situations, nice Ken had to go away. And I just went, nope, take him to the nursery. I will see him in a few hours. Goodbye. And it was very stern, like, that's enough. And that was it. And uh, very, very rarely. And I, I imagine, I thought for sure he'd have to do the same thing. But, I mean, I, yeah. it's, it's a different circumstance. You see C-section, the whole thing. But I, I assumed, I go, Lima's going to have to. And yeah. the thing is, Lima's different from me. I get very loud with you, but I'll just be very terse mm-hmm. and stronger and, and deeper you talk very fast and very cutting, and so I didn't know how it would go for you. I thought you'd have that moment. I'm surprised well, you didn't. Well, the, 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 the craziest thing about all of this, <laughs> yeah, there's a bedside manner that happens, and then there's whatever the nurse decided to do yeah. that had me a little bit panicked because, unfortunately, when you know I'm getting scrubbed up, the sports boys getting scrubbed, getting ready to go in there and, oh, yeah. and, and, and watch it all unfold. That's sensational. And then nothing happens for 10 minutes, and uh, this nurse comes in. Again, I loved uh, 99.9% of the nurses that were there. They were amazing. They were yep. so amazing. Including Mrs. Hoyer. Uh, including Mrs. Hoyer. But the one in particular who came in after the very, very delayed response uh, said, uh, Mr. Lyme, I have bad news for you. What? Um, immediately, I'm thinking, okay, so if I'm rooting for which of the new ones in my life are no longer going to be with me in my okay. life in, right. in, in a split second, right. Let's... do I want – oh, no, I probably – I haven't met this one yet. I, the other one. Yeah, he hasn't even got boy, a personality on it. Boy, there is a pain in the ass with the other one going on. Okay, so uh, then she goes, well, we had to, we had to put your wife under – for surgery because of a number of different circumstances. And okay. I'm like, uh, so I'm not going to be in the room to watch the baby, like, come out. Like, I'm not going to be there. I don't get to do the umbil- umbilical cord. I, 
Here's my phone. Do you want to take some pictures? Well, what, some moving pictures so, what, so I can so they, have them? They had to do it without you. They had to do it without me. They had to do it without me. Well, was, I mean, uh, they're trained medical professionals. Not what I was expecting. That was the end of the unfortunate, right? Was that you weren't allowed no, to I lost my wife. Person. She's no longer with. No, she's here. She's she's at home listening to the show right now. And Everything. I was wondering, what could that possibly be? <laughs> It <laughs> means single lima Holy back out on the prowl. Geez. No, Sarah's with us. Oh. Nason's healthy. Everything's and good, right? Everything worked out. Um, it was, uh, and, and I'm doing the feedings at night. A lot of them. Yeah. yeah. Was he sleeping through for the most part? No. Last night was, we had, we had three, three wake-ups. Yeah, they tend to know that when you have to wake up early. Huh. Well, congratulations. So you're, getting, you're getting a lima for the, it's, it's kind of a throwback. The old Lima, when we started the show, did not get a lot of sleep. For different reasons. Sometimes would just go right on through. So you're getting that Lima back. For better or for worse. I don't know how that's going to impact the show. I'll tell you at 9 o'clock. Just different white substances. (laughs) Anywho, all right, coming up at at 8 o'clock, we have Daryl Ryder who will join us on the show. And... uh, but he was he was kind of tough to get started on Friday. But when he, once he got going, it was like an old chainsaw I on heard Friday. It. And then he started basically you, cussing everybody up. So you got to choke down it the other. at first. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had to prime it. You forgot to put yeah. all that. Sometimes the mix on the 40 to 1 is a little off. But once <laughs> Daryl got going, he got going. But Daryl will join us at 8 o'clock on, uh, today. And, of course, later on at 745, did Shane Gillis save SNL? <laughs> Find out in Lima Likes. Next, Lima would like to come after me for something I said two weeks ago. On the fan. Dangerous Daryl. He'll join us today at about, well, who could we possibly get in free agency? Also coming up in 20 minutes. Do we have a Darius Garland problem? Or I'll leave it right there. Lima wants to go after everybody. Certainly, it feels like you want to go after me for something I said a couple of weeks ago. Like, they baited me into this. It was what, Ramon Foster from the Pittsburgh Steelers? who was talking about the quarterback situation and said it's very Cleveland of Steelers fans. And I go, just leave our names out of it. Mm. I, I got, I just, it was six in the morning. I wasn't in the best mood ever. Wasn't very comfortable. And then I hear this quote and I'm going, what, what are you talking about us for? And I guess it, some some of the Steelers fan websites picked up on it, called me a fat pig and all that other stuff, you know, whatever. Because they got mad because I told them the truth about their football team. But then apparently... Did you hear this and are coming after me, or what's going on here? I because apparently to I ask just you. keep my nose in, in my own business. I here. wanted to ask you because it, it was just you. I was listening to the whole station. Oh, I was okay. listening to the new the new voice guy at the station. Okay, it seemed like everybody wanted it on this, and I wanted to know. And I get it. The Super Bowl ended. This is a different time of the year. Basketball. You were you're heading towards the All Star break. Baseball hadn't gotten going yet, and obviously the Guardians are one, are one of like 25 teams that did nothing in free agency because that's the sport of baseball right now. So there's not a lot of buzz there whatsoever. Except yeah, Austin the, Hedges back. Except Stop. the except the uh, <laughs> the uniforms, you can see basically everything, leaving little to be little to the imagination at this point. So I heard all this over the last few weeks, kind and of I'm sexy, like, sexy, depending. So I, I get it. There's there's the effort to think of things that people want to react to. When did we become a Pittsburgh Steelers station? Because it had never been what I had heard over the last three weeks. It had never been that in the history of our station that we had just focused on the Pittsburgh Steelers every day, every show call in making fun of the Steelers. And I'm like, why is it the Steelers? If anything, I'm not making fun of the Steelers. That's not me. 
So if you want to go after one of the other ones, fine. I didn't make fun of the Steelers. Oh, it was a lot of Nick. I, I'll, I'll admit all right, it. it I'm, not, I'm not sitting I no over here. Telling him. I'm not crowing in the Steelers situation. I understand that now that the season's over, like, I have a lot of fun at Pony's expense, clearly. And I have a lot of fun at the Steelers' expense over this last year. Season's over. We technically ended in the same spot. I'm moving on. I got to get ready for next yeah, year. Yeah, we had a better record. And, we and, had a better record yeah. than we were higher than them in the standings. And frankly, our quarterback situation, we need to figure out whether or not our guy's going to play well. I'm just commenting on the Steelers situation. And the only thing that upset me was, well, this is very Cleveland of us. Like, st- stop blaming others for your problems. You know, that's the things, that's the things that we might have done. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case that we should do things. That, that was my point of view on it. Go ahead. Well, it, what's amazing is it has been, you know, you, you look at the Steelers and now after exactly what I just said, now we're analyzing the Steelers. I'm just as guilty. I just got sucked But this is it. analyzing the Steelers. Yeah. I think there's a difference between talking about the Steelers and making fun of the Steelers. But uh, th- this is what I've seen. And I've seen our Facebook posts. I've seen our videos. I've seen, you know, you know. Nick, even I had just seen screenshotted, you know, his his topics for CBS Sports Radio, and it was, you know, going deep in on the Steelers. And I'm like, this is the low point of the Steelers. In the last 20 years, this is the low point. This is our high point. They're kind of the same yes. place. They're kind of the same spot, which is which well, they is, both made the playoffs. Which is which is like that does that put it in perspective? Like their lowest equals our highest over the last 20 years. Well, it depends on what you think So should of. we be making fun of them if that's the case? I'm not. And I, why are we not focused on the Ravens, the team that won the division, or the Bengals that when they have a healthy Joe Burrow, they're competing for Super Bowls? I, that's different. I mean, the Steelers are a next-door neighbor in a lot of ways. The Ravens are – the Ravens, while a lot of us hate the Ravens and and, and wanted the Ravens to lose, and I was one of the few people, it seemed, that were happy that the Ravens lost, uh, even though I like Lamar Jackson. I think a lot of people probably feel the same. It's like, ah, I kind of like Lamar Jackson and – the Ravens are still six hours away. The, the 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 Bengals are, and I've gone over this a million times. The Bengals are just a bunch of weirdos on the river. Like I don't really, I got nothing against the city, but it, you know it's never been like, it's never been a heated thing with me in the in the Cincinnati Bengals. Except you know Dave Lapham obviously feels different about that. But with the Steelers, it it is a it's a very odd thing because I did have this. I I brought this up with Jonathan. I said as much as we go after the Steelers and make fun of the Steelers fans. Or all the other things. I have more friends in my circle that are Steelers fans than any other fans other than the Browns. Like it's Browns fans, and then the second highest would have to be the Steelers. And that 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 exceeds everything. Yankees, Michigan. On this show, it's a Buffalo, Chiefs. Anything, Chiefs, any of them. Like that might actually the Chiefs might be like fourth by now. Um, including Owen and his family, which is like 15 people. So that might put and him now third. all the women in the area, but they're all rooting for the Chiefs, that's right? That's very true. So it, it, that might be up there. So it might be third. But with the Steelers, it's this very odd mix of, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of things about the Steelers as a fan I hate, but there's also people I do consider friends that are Steelers fans. So it's just the rivalry. It's, it's so, odd. So yeah, it's, it's the, the rivalry. rivalry. I guess as a Browns fan, if I'm being told this is our window, if I'm being told – you know, you make the deal to go get Deshaun Watson. That that instantly puts you at a different tier of expectations every year. Uh, Andrew Barry is somebody who, you know, fans want every year to be up for executive of the year. Your coach just won coach of the year twice. And we're worried about the Steelers every day during the low point of their franchise in, in, in like in the last 25 years. Something seems off. Something seems off to me. I mean, I look, Super Bowl odds going into this year – I mean, the Steelers are below us, so I guess, I guess, if we wanna, if we wanna mock the Steelers every day, we're also 17th. I mean, I'm looking at Super Bowl odds. The Browns are 17th. We still, 
we think that we have our house in order. Do we truly have our house in order? Is it because you won defensive player of the year, coach of the year, um, comeback player of the we year? Don't have- you went to the playoffs and, and had this exciting season in which you defied you know, a lot of the norms in the NFL. When you have this many injuries, you don't really win. But yet I look. I won't know. Turning the page the next year, 17th. 17th. You're behind the Bears. They have you behind the Bears. Well, because a lot of people are going to think that the Bears as of right now. I mean, I don't want to use betting odds as the end-all be-all, but you'd have to think, okay, they're going to take Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is supposed to be an upgrade over over Justin Fields. We'll see what what they do with Justin Fields in Chicago. The Chargers, Kenny. A lot of people... It, guys, it comes down to one position and one position only. I'm not trying to be nasty about it. We're, let's just talk talk about the truth here. I'm not trying. I'm 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 saying this without emotion. I don't know if this guy's going to come back and he's going to be healthy enough to play at the level he was before. And I mean, like overall, like will you have permanently lost something because of the injury? I'm sure he'll be feeling fine by the time the season starts. But if, because I don't know that, how can I give you tremendous odds? And the same thing. The same thing has to be with the Pittsburgh Steelers going, I don't know what your quarterback situation is. There's a lot of things in Pittsburgh that, okay, this seems to be okay. That seems to be all right. Offensive line's a little sketch here and there. But, you know, we can get into these rigmaroles for a long period of time. But if I don't have your quarterback situation figured out, then I guess we're really not going to a, to a very deep place here. Cincinnati, they got their quarterback situation figured out. They got a lot of other things figured out. Baltimore has their situation figured out. I don't – until I see him look good – and I can, I can only wait until the season starts. Okay, if you want to throw some money down on the Browns, go right on ahead and do so. so I have a sneaking, because you might get great odds if he a, comes back healthy. But we don't know. I have a scary sneaking suspicion that what I think is, that? is driving a lot of the Steeler mockery as opposed to the Browns' confidence. Okay. I think some fans are not as confident about the Browns and their situation. And so they're, they're taking the wins when they can get them. And the win is, hey, we got our defensive player of the year over the Steelers. We got our coach of the year over the Steelers. Uh, we finished above them in the standings, so that's what we're gonna we're gonna crow about. Well, I will a little bit because the chickens are gonna come home to roost eventually at some point. I mean, this this it wasn't cyclical there for about twenty years, but it tends to be cyclical here, and you know, eventually they're gonna. You know, I remember I remember the Black Sunday of Duck Hodges beating the Browns and Baker Mayfield and having to deal with that on the internet and the callers on more in the morning and in all that stuff. So yeah, part of it is, I guess I take it while I get it, but I, I, I'm not as of this moment with me, I'm not making fun of them, but I just I, noticed there's they're, no, they're not a fall down, fall apart. There's franchise. no conversation about the Ravens, the team that won the division. What's there to have? So is that, is that just all it is? That's a, we're, we're just focusing on the team we finished ahead of, uh, they happen to be a rival. There happen to be a lot of T.J. Yes. Watt versus yes. Miles Garrett. Yes. And so that's yes. our win. That's our yes. this season's Super Bowl yes. is just that we finished ahead of them. Uh, it, basically, 100%. That's I did not. I guess I'd say I did not expect that to be the conversation two years after we trade for Deshaun Watson. I didn't either, but here we are. And and that conversation will change, I think. And maybe, maybe you are right to say that we should be holding ourselves to a higher standard. I think that conversation will change if Deshaun Watson comes out and plays really, really well and for a prolonged period of time, and I become less worried about his injury. Okay, then we'll have that conversation about the Ravens and about the Bengals. But right now, it's it's checking out our neighbor before we go looking, even though they're still in the same neighborhood, before we go looking down the street. I think that's where a lot of people are at right there, right now. And, and I and, and I, I think that's fair. I, I really do. I think we know where we're at, and... If, if people want to make fun of the Steelers, fine. I mean, I make fun of the Steelers all I want. I, I'm just saying I'm not defending myself. I'm not making fun of the Steelers. And and the one game that Deshaun Watson, because we, we talk about, well, if we were healthy, if we were healthy, the one game you had Deshaun Watson against the Steelers this year, he looked terrible, and you lost. 
to Kenny Pickett. So, I mean, should we be the team mocking the Steelers today? I, 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 just, I just feel that if this, is, if this is their bottoming out and they're finished right behind us in the division, it's very telling about where your team might be. The cap is going up. Well, can we forget all this stupid cutting people crap? Daryl Ryder will talk to us about it coming up at 8 o'clock. Up next, the Cavs are a little slow out of the gates. I just want to make sure we're blaming the right people. Does that and should that include Darius Garland? Next on The Fan. All you people are upset with Don Darius Garland again, and I'm upset about it myself, and Donovan Mitchell's upset about it, and I'm tired of it, and I gotta, we got to talk about this. We, we got to talk about this right now. I got to come to Darius Garland's damn defense again. Darius, uh, Donovan Mitchell had to come to his defense yesterday. Apparently, he was cussing yesterday and defending Darius Garland. I'll get that for everybody coming up here in a second because apparently Donovan Mitchell's had enough of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Donovan Mitchell's had enough of it. Cavs were able to pull it out last night. I know. They're off to a slow start. They're slow out of the gates. Uh, They didn't have Donovan Mitchell for the first two games, which, by the way, I know Jonathan isn't listening right now. Champions pose on the whole picking which game because of sickness for Donovan Mitchell. That was a hell of an argument last week, but apparently some people agreed with him, and of course those people aren't going to come out of the, the, the woodwork to admit that they were wrong about it. Anywho, Donovan Mitchell played yesterday in the Cavs win against the Washington Wizards, and they didn't look great doing it. The Wizards are a terrible basketball team. That's the way it went. Tone is back, by the way. Hello again, Tone. Yeah, that was a night where, thank God, they were playing the Wizards because that would have been, that would have been what, four or five they would have lost? And a lot of people are going after Darius Garland because Donovan Mitchell wasn't there for two games. Darius Garland was. Things didn't go necessarily the way they wanted it to. And Donovan Mitchell, he's had enough of it. I'm on social media, and I feel like people aren't giving him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, I'd like to speak on that because I think it's you know what I mean? I think at the end of the day, he's he's a kid that's proven himself, not only to this fan base, but to this league. You know what I mean? So, ready to rag on a kid for, what, one half of a season? I think that's BS. So, I've been waiting to say that, and I've been waiting, meaning to, so I'm, I'm glad I'm able to tonight. Just because he's, he's continuing to find his way. Like, you know, we, it's been... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Two months and you know, he's figuring out slowly getting back to it, but at the end of the day, he's, he's going to be there for us. You know, I understand that come playoffs come whenever like we need we need him and he knows that and he's continuing to build and we got all the confidence in him but you know to the way people have been talking has been ridiculous to be honest with you so we got his back we know who he is and you know we'll be good hey listen i if you want to blame people go ahead and blame people it's not the great way to start off after the all-star break you lose two in a row on back-to-back nights and then you you kind of just fiddle around with washington there uh all day yesterday until you finally were able to pull it out in the fourth quarter I mean, there were some people, even though Darius looked good down the stretch in the fourth quarter, some people were critical of him even then. I think a lot of people have started to latch onto this, and it's and I've been a Darius Garland defender. If I have to come to the truth of the matter, I'll come to the truth of the matter. But I'm watching a guy have to take over the reins of the basketball team. He is not Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is a stoic, strong leader. I don't believe that Darius Garland is, and I'm not going to pretend that he is, and I'm not going to pretend that he can't become that at some point, but he's not that guy right now. But knowing that is not the reason why I would go ripping on Darius Garland for any of this stuff. There's clearly a part of him in this game, in in these games recently, and even since he's been back from the injury, that I don't think he's at his most comfortable. He was on a minutes restriction to start off this this run, and I don't think he's been at his most comfortable. But I, I, I don't understand. It seems that there's a funk with them since the All-Star break, and it's just, well, we'll just keep ripping on, on Darius Garland then. And I just, I don't like it. It's a few things. If he's the problem, he's the problem. I'll have to accept it, but I don't think he's the problem. So I I think this is something, and I I, I called into G. Bush yesterday. I had to get it off my chest. Wait, you really? Yeah, I was just bored. Getting ready. I had to. I thought it was Saturday. Saturday, yeah, 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 Saturday. Um, And I'm like, I I had to get it off my chest because I'd seen it go back and forth so much so on Darius Garland where I, I came to the conclusion when you are day-to-day, when you're game-by-game on somebody as an athlete, that normally is a very, very dark place to be. And I feel like this fan base with Darius Garland yep. is game-to-game. Yep. When he has a good game, it's a bunch of the guys coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, that's it. That's the, that's the all-star point guard. That's the franchise guy. That's the max deal guy. When he has a bad game, it's, oh, my God, we're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Like we're gonna we're gonna be at a deficit at point guard to almost anybody we play, and we're in real trouble. You can't be that. You can't be that way with somebody as talented as Darius Garland. He's too good. He's way too good. He's got he's got too much in his game to be there. And he is having a he's having a bad year. I mean, I, can we be honest about it? Like he's he was an all star a few years ago, and the the numbers he's putting up this year are in the. You're not going to like this. All right. They're in the Ben Simmons range. Like, he, his PER this year is 23rd just getting people of all point guards. Of course, that's, that's loaded like Well, it's just to show you Give that Give me another player. Give me a nice player other than Ben freaking Simmons. It sh- okay. He's, Give me an argument for crying out loud. He's where Tyler Hero is right now. Okay. You know. <laughs> better than Ben Simmons. He's having a worse year statistically than D'Angelo Russell. Who, well, who who people are totally out on. Well, And he is somebody who signed a max deal. And when that language comes out, when that language, when, when it's accompanied by had a max deal and then plays like Ben Simmons, 
Like, yeah, that's going to worry people. So the only way to defuse this is going to be the small sample size of the playoffs where he has to he has to play well. And last year he had the one good game, but, you know, the team, the team lost in five and got humiliated. And Donovan Mitchell couldn't hold his end of the bargain up. So you needed somebody like Darius Garland to have a big series, and he didn't. He didn't. I mean, much like so many I, other guys. How many guys get a max contract in the NBA? Is that what I'm holding against him? Is that really what I'm going to sit there and do? Like, if, if you're, if we're just going to sit here and rip on him for having a max contract, then I guess you don't watch the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even just. I'm not saying you in particular. I'm saying everybody. If my whole argument, yes, with with a max contract comes expectation. But you drafted the guy what fourth overall. What else are you supposed to do with the guy? Were you supposed to just let him go? Were you supposed to just trade him a couple of years ago when nobody wanted him traded a couple of years ago? What were you supposed to do? See, that's why I'm getting a little bit upset with it because I can't go be revisionist about this unless there was some underlying argument about Colin Sexton that people wanted to have and where Colin Sexton should have been the guy that's running with Darius, with Donovan Mitchell and not Darius Garland. But outside of some of the, the nut job Colin Sexton fans – who exactly was picking Colin Sexton over Darius Garland at that time? And people are making the argument that no. Colin is having a better year than Darius on a, on a losing team. You're play- Oh, my God. We're doing this again. Yeah, Guys, somebody's got to score the points on a bad basketball team. I know. They're all getting over 90 a game. Somebody's going to score the bulk of the points on a bad basketball but team. I think it is okay to just say yeah. Darius is having a rough season. He is. He's, he's not gone, having a great season. He's gone backwards. And see, this is what happens. I think fans get really excited. They think there's going to be guaranteed – you know, year-to-year linear improvement every year. And so when you're an all-star in year three and you're showing so much promise, people are like, well, my God, by year five. Well, by year five, he's actually gone back to how he played in year two. Yes. That, I, that's it, And there are some good numbers. Don't get me wrong. And and lineup numbers, the Cavs have never really had their, their five. But unfortunately, their starting five has worse numbers than a lot of their other lineups that you can, you can conjure up. And believe true. me, we, we've seen them. We've seen them because JB somehow has 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 caught and has caught a, a bunch of criticism for his lineups, and I'm like, guys, JB is one of the coach of the year candidates this year. I think he's doing a tremendous job, but the reality is Darius has not played well, and if he doesn't play well in the playoffs and they get extinguished early, we are going to have uncomfortable conversations all offseason about what to do with this with this core. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Do we have to? Do we have a Darius Garland problem where people just scapegoating him? Now I, I'm looking for other answers that might not be Darius Garland. Or might not just be Darius Garland. Like I, I'm not sitting here denying that he's having a rough season. He is having a rough season. I think that he is not necessarily the strongest boned guy. I mean, he's had some bad luck with injury, Boy, but he might be a, a little lot bit. Of those shots to the face have just resulted yeah, in him. I mean. Going down and going down for an unfortunate, unfortunately, where you're like, well, that's going to happen in the playoffs. You're going to get hit in the face. You're going to take contact. He it's got a I, physical game. He got eye raked three times last yeah. year. He got his more jaw broken like this more. year. Yeah, he got his jaw broken this year. Uh, so he's it, it hasn't been that great on that end. I think that you have to get him on the floor and figure out. I think that they are still figuring out exactly what they want to do with him as far as being off ball or being ball dominant, how else to move him. And then you get, remember, you got a lot of moving parts here. Like, Jared Allen, he's come through fantastically. His role has been spelled up specifically for him. He's done great in that role. And I think part of that is, yes, and I know you rip on Max Struess, but part of that is having Max Struess in the offense. Part of that is having Karis LeVert play well at times and Sam Merrill in this offense as well, even though I don't think Sam Merrill really showed up very much yesterday in the scorebook. At least I didn't really see him on the floor that much. 
No, he's out uh, of the rotation. That's why you're not seeing him then, much. Well, that, that Best be shooter on the team is out of the rotation while everybody else struggles shooting. So you're starting to find, you're starting to look at some different things. And I think for them right now, a little bit of this might be, dare I say, experimenting. Where we yeah, have to find I, out some of the rotations listen, and we're overreacting to some of the other issues that total, might be there. Total, you, you nailed it there. Total okay. overreaction to those two losses. I mean, I'm taking losses. guesses here the about loss, what, what's going lo- on. The loss to Philly, those two losses back-to-back without Donovan Mitchell, people wanted to use as some, ha-ha, caught, you know, gotcha moment with this team. And it's like, yeah, without Donovan Mitchell, they're a totally different team. They have no idea how to play without Donovan Mitchell. So if, they're, if they don't have Donovan Mitchell, they might be a playoff team. That's it. Yeah, like with Donovan yeah they Mitchell, wouldn't go anywhere. We were talking before the All-Star break, or before they came back from the All-Star break. Guys, we were talking about this team being an Eastern Conference Finals team. If they don't have Donovan Mitchell, guys, there's no ha- there's no point of having a conversation. We're just playing out the string here, and then we're focusing on the Guardians. That's it. Listen, we, we, the, we going forward, we talk about pressure on Donovan Mitchell. He knows it. Like, Donovan Mitchell, yes. is a, he knows how he played the last two playoffs. Like, he knows he's gotten outplayed by Jalen Brunson. I kind of expect him to come back around this playoffs against anybody. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be fine. A bunch of other guys on this team, I have no idea. From, well, from Jared Allen to Evan Mobley, who who had a pant. Did you see him at the end of that loss to Philly where he dribbled and went backwards and went out of bounds and didn't want to shoot it? And so has, it, has, it, has he really developed any confidence with that three-point shot? Not with the game on the line. Like, there's a bunch of guys on this team. I have no idea how they're going to play in the playoffs. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Do we have a Darius Garland problem, or are people just scapegoating Darius Garland? Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Forty five minutes from now, Lima likes on the fan. Seven twenty. I have a clip to play for Tone. It's a people are question whether or not you're really happy to be back. We'll find out. Why wouldn't I be? Well, we'll find out. Coming up at 720. Don't give it away, damn it. 216-474-0092. Also, a court-storming controversy in college basketball coming up at around 9 o'clock. Get to that with everybody. Do we have a Darius Garland problem or a people just scapegoating him? JB was upset last night with the loss, and he had every reason to be, and this is what JB no, had. They won or, no, they won. Excuse me. It felt like a loss. I beg your pardon. He was they upset won. that the hosts are saying they're giving outcomes that didn't happen. Sorry. They won. They won 114-105. Damn it. Sorry. Sorry. They won 114-105. Here is JB. I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm got so used to t- them talking about losses here. I forgot. Well, it was their first win after the break. Lord so. almighty. All right. Here is JB Bickerstaff. Not thrilled with the effort in the win. <laughs> we just need to be better. I don't think we played to our standard. Um, I expected more fire from our group after, you know, losing two games in a row and then having an opportunity for me to play another one. Says they need to step it up. We've got to get back to playing with that spirit and the way we played before the break. Uh, we got some tough stretches coming up here, but we've got to be better. I've got to do a better job of getting guys ready to play, uh, and our players got to do a better job as well. Darius Garland had a pretty good fourth quarter, even though some people have been very critical of Darius. Here's what he had to say about that. I mean, it was good. I knew I was due for a couple buckets at least. Two big ones, that definitely felt good. Especially just how my team is behind me. They just always encouraging me to just keep going and keep being aggressive to help us be better. So when I made a couple, I looked at the bench and everybody was super hyped in. So that felt good. I mean, is this a normal after All-Star break swoon? Is this, am I rationalizing something that really shouldn't be rationalized? What is this tone? Uh, because they're obviously they haven't started off very well, and, and I think people are dusting off. They, they really didn't even have a chance to get dusty. I think they're just bringing out old arguments that they made before the Cavs went on such a great run of wins where they would yeah, complain yeah, about Darius true. Garland, and then that went away, and then all of a sudden they lose a couple in a row, and then they don't look that good against Washington, even though they won last night. And 
Well, here we're hearing about Darius Garland again. I'm going to get to Mobley here in a second, but I want to hear about this. Yeah, they um they had played so well. They they had looked like they were in playoff form, you know, during that stretch of 18 or so games. And, you know, teams, if you look, every team that that is legitimate, that you think is a legitimate playoff team in the NBA, they all go on pretty, pretty incredible 10-game runs. I mean, almost almost every team will have that. The, the Cavs doubled that. They had a great almost 20-game 20, 20 run. And then if you were to actually strip it down and look at the teams they were playing, yeah, they, they, they had, for the most part, an easy schedule. And then they had Milwaukee three times during the biggest weirdo stretch of, of any NBA team, what Milwaukee went through, where they, they, they played against two different coaches, but the other coach who hadn't come in yet was sitting on the bench. It was very weird. So they got Milwaukee during the best time ever. I, I think Milwaukee will be a very different team at the end of the year than what, what they got during that, that stretch. So they played outstandingly well. They had this, this three-point three identity because Sam Merrill had to play minutes, and now he's been buried you know, on the bench. He's not in the rotation again. So they're, they're kind of a different team. Evan Mobley comes back. He's not going to shoot many threes at all. What he, He's been shooting, what, one, two a game since, Seems since he's come back? Since he's, so yeah. that's, that's a different identity than what they had played with. And they're trying to figure out how to get Mobley and Garland back in with, but then, oh, by the way, Donovan Mitchell's going to miss two games. So they're not going to have, they're probably not going to have a stretch like that the rest of the year. They're probably, that's probably not who they are. At their peak, they're probably not that team that was unbeatable and plowing through teams, just decimating teams. They were never that good. Well, like they're, 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 A lot of that was because of the schedule, I think, and just they were going on one of those stretches that I said all the good NBA teams have. Now, the important part is, what is their true identity come playoff time? How are they going to get their starting lineup to play at a level where they can be confident in the playoffs? Because they are not, they have not played all year. They haven't had enough minutes together because of the injuries. Um, I think that's going to be, you asked if that was part of the experimentation that's going to go on with this team. I mean, I, I've seen people start to hint at, do they need to make a starting lineup change? Because, you know, Max Struess has not shot the ball well all year. He's doing all the little things well, but what is that going to look like in a playoff series? Like, if he if he shoots like he's shooting this season in a playoff series, will his minutes be limited? Will he be a part of the closing units? But he gives them so so much spacing. There are a lot of questions there we have right now with this team. Well, this is the offshoot. Despite their incredible record. Yeah, this is the offshoot of what's going on with uh, with Darius Garland, what people are talking about. Because I, I still think that, you know, Donovan's seven years into this thing. I think Donovan's shown that he is unequivocally their leader, and they will go by the beat of his drum. He has come into here within a year and a half and has been the guy for this basketball team that they relate to that runs the whole show. He is, without a doubt, the leader. But there's also been a bit of a problem with Donovan, not with Donovan Mitchell, but with everybody else. And and I brought this up before. When we just sit here and we talk about learn lessons and growing growth spots and whatever the hell Kobe Altman wanted to say, you know, when Donovan's not out there on the floor, do we know who's going to have to step up? Do we really know who has that gear to step up? Like, I think Jared Allen is doing his very best to step up. But I can't, re- I can't put it all on Jared Allen, whose job it is to really go to the block to be the guy that leads this team forward. And Evan Mobley, I mean, we have handled him with kid gloves, myself included, and certainly the same's been said for Darius Garland, where, again, I I bring up the preschool aspect of things, going, when's the gas really get hit here? Now, I'm not trying to be nasty about it. They won a lot of games, so I'm not trying to go back to old criticisms of it, 
but I start to think that some of that stuff about the culture rears its ugly head here when you don't have Donovan out there on the floor. Because Donovan's the type of guy who will point in someone's face, it seems, and will tell them about what's right and what's wrong and what needs to be done. And without his leadership out there on the floor, and yesterday I, th- I think he was held back a little bit coming back from this sure. illness. When you don't have him out there on the floor at full speed to either A, lead, or B, protect everybody the way he had to against Detroit a couple of months back or a couple of weeks back, and in this game against Washington where Darius Garland had to take over, I, I, I find that there might be a little bit of growth out of that, but I think that that might be one of the problems that we've talked about with the Cavs. Like, when is everybody else going to hit the gas? Yeah, the, the we things can't, we can't just be this plucky up and coming team no, forever, no, no. guys. And, and and look, there's there's a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference that have huge question marks going going here down the stretch. What the Cavs have 26 games left in the season here now after the All Star break. So you know, one thing I'm I, I don't want to see happen, which I think kind of happened last year, and it was um, an underestimated part of maybe what happened to Donovan Mitchell is they rode Donovan way, way too much down the stretch at the end of last year. Remember the last three weeks yes. of the season? He was he was like an MVP. He was scoring 40 a game, playing 40 minutes a game. Can't have that again. I don't need that. I, I, I know Donovan is a special player, is a very special player. I need to see other guys step up in this last stretch of the season. So I'm looking at that. I'm looking at Darius, getting back to being Darius Garland. Hopefully he can be healthy and getting back to the guy he is. Because right now, the, the guy I'm seeing is not anywhere near what I thought I'd be seeing out of this stage of his career. And just seeding purposes. You know, who who does it look like they're going to play in the first round of the playoffs? You know, you have built up a lot of a lot of equity here. You have, you've done such a great job stacking wins. Um, the optimal fa- phrase, we love saying that. They actually did it. They went out and did it. So what does that mean? Are they going to get a first-round matchup that is reflective of the great season they had? Or are they going to kind of get screwed and play a team that has no business being there in the first round on the other side of, of that? Pace, like, it, Milwaukee's right there with you right now. I haven't got to see a lot of the Pacers, but from what I've seen of the Pacers, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton would probably be the best player on the floor. They had a, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. they, they had a great win last night against Dallas. You're playing the Mavs, I think, on yeah. – uh, what is it? Are they getting the Mavs tomorrow? So – uh, you know, that's going to be a nice uh, yeah. litmus test. If Kyrie actually plays, that'll be a nice nice litmus test because the, the Mavs have been a totally different team um, over the, the, the last month. They've been a, a much better well, team. Well, let me ask you this, though. Then, then Evan's in year three, and I know he's coming off an injury, and they've asked him to shoot more threes. He didn't shoot any last night. Should he start to become the second option here? Because some of this stuff, you know, we're talking about starting lineups and talking about rotations. It sounds like I'm just putting a little bit of a – a coverall on everything and not really – I think to some maybe I'm not looking at the truth, but I got to figure things out in a 82-game schedule where we're well ahead and we'll make the playoffs and everything will be fine. We just want to hold on to home court. We're four games ahead of that right now. It, there's something for experimentation. Should Evan be the second option then? No, I don't Should think Should we he, work him in? I don't think or he, is that possible? No. I, I think it's too late. I uh, Unfortunately for Evan, I think this has been – Man, I heard uh, coming in, I was listening to Rosillo. Rosillo uh, and, and Bill Simmons, you know, they, they had a big chunk talking about the Cavs. And Rosillo's like, I'm, I'm changing my ceiling for Evan Mobley. And I thought, man, is, that's a little too early to start doing that. And he was talking about it in a negative way. Yeah. Um, because a lot of guys saw Evan in his, his rookie year, and they're like, oh, my God, this can be a transcendent player. Now, here we are in year three, and we're like, 
right, he's still transcendent defensively. I mean, he's amazing as a defensive player, and that's always going to be very valuable, especially in this NBA where, where you, you just don't see guys play defense in a regular season like Evan does. But offensively, you know, if, you, if you're starting to truly adjust what he is, then that changes that changes composition discussions for this team. That changes core conversations because if he's not going to be the the offensive player you thought he was, then long term, what kind of guys need to be around him? We're not having that conversation about this year. This you'd year, have to put shooters around. This, yeah, I mean, you'd want to do that anyway, you would think. But this year's team right now, Darius has to be has to be a much much better point guard, and there are just so many guys ahead of him where. In the playoffs, especially the second round of a playoff series, you know, who would you pick him against? Oh, I mean, the, the Cavs? Darius Garland. What what oh. what point guard matchups oh, would you be like? The Cavs have a definitive advantage right now. Aren't a lot of them. Nobody off the top of your head. Like I, I'm, I, I sound like I'm carrying a lot of water for Darius Garland. And maybe I am. Maybe I am. But I I think that some of the criticisms have been unwarranted. I think some of the criticisms are hold are holdovers from the Colin Sexton era. And maybe I'm bringing up too much old stuff. That's fine. Uh, but some of this stuff, I think, is is explainable. And I think some of it is where they got to get some things figured out. But I also think that some of this is how their, their culture has been with Darius through his, what, now five years with this or, with this organization. Donovan's only in his second season. He's He's had to put a lot of change with this basketball team. And you can see it in certain ways. It, yeah, Jared Allen has taken a very serious turn this year. And has been such a wonderful player to watch. And he was great last year. He's fun. Don't get me wrong. But this is a very serious, meaner Jared Allen that we like. And a lot of this is good. I need other guys to be able to raise it up. Because right now we're trying to find some things here through the second half of the season. And a lot of this is explainable, but I don't want it to get caught up too quickly. 216-474-0092. I don't want it to catch up with us too quickly, especially when the postseason comes around. Coming up at 745, Lima likes. We got some people in. We'll try to get to you guys. And... The cap went up, but two of the guys we wanted are probably safe from free agency. You got to take the good and the bad. Ken Carmen, Tone Master General, take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. Lima likes at 745. Maybe that'll be on no like. Well, then I'm just not a happy person in general because I was certainly not happy at home. Certainly not happy last night at midnight. Wasn't happy last night at 2.30. Wasn't happy last night at 3.45. Yeah, you wanted them. You got them. You have a son. It'll be fun here in like a year. <laughs> in 10 years. It'll be fun. No, intent. There's times I see Axel. I'm like, ah, oh, let's slow the time down. Yeah, I can see that. Because before he was all too happy to go get me beers and all this stuff, and eventually I'm like, that's yeah, gonna run out of here soon. It's just sad. Eventually. But yeah, you were back yesterday. Yeah. You were back today. You're and, back. Uh, Everybody's happy to see yeah. you. The oh, new I'm voice good. guy's back too, and yes. he's happy to see you. I am a big fan of the new voice guy. One of Cleveland's newest daddies is back where he belongs. There you go. Happy to see you. What was that? What was? What? It's the new voice guy. Okay. Who? One of Cleveland's newest daddies is back where he belongs. I didn't make it. He Who sent it that? in. Does he listen to the Did show? Did he say it himself? Well, that's him saying it. He must listen to the show. I got a bunch of stuff. One of Cleveland's newest daddies is back where he belongs. Oh, that's a lot of news, Max. That's what guys do when they're sitting at home not having sex and not talking to women. They watch Newsmax, and that's what was happening. It's happy to be back. You're not a new daddy. Well, you're an old daddy. One of the newest. Well, that guy doesn't know me that well. One of Cleveland's newest daddies is back where he belongs. Uh, how is the new one? Fine. 
We're glad we got you back. One of Cleveland's newest daddies is back where he belongs. They wake you up every five minutes, which I don't like. <laughs> but they have to because they have to make sure the wife is going to survive and that the baby is going to survive. Yeah, when you put it like that. Well, it was a great process for you. Was it? Sounds like it. Sounds like, At least it was interesting. Wasn't One of boring. Cleveland's newest daddies is back where he belongs. Second baby comes around. Grow up. <laughs> but you're not a new dad. You're an old dad. Once you've had a de- once you've had a kid, you're not a new dad. Yeah, anymore. nobody cares. You know that's the other thing. Like when you first have the child, a lot of people come out of the woodwork. They really, at yeah. least, they send in text messages. They really want to know how you're doing. They want to Facetime. Second time around, it's like, all right, we get it. It's true. We get it. You've chosen this life. Like, don't spare yeah. me the the details. If you have a third, people are like, you sure? Right. You really right. wanted to do this, and and I'm already getting asked because yeah. what's crazy? I don't know if it's a West Side Irish thing. I have no idea. Oh, you're low on the totem pole there? With the amount of people? With it the is amount of kids in your family? Ama- I, I look at families of any more than two, so that, that'd be you. Yeah. Owen, now yours was by different circumstances. Yeah, we were still over, though, you're, independently. Your Brady Bunch situation, I don't know how anybody could have more than two. One of Cleveland's newest daddies is back where he belongs. I am not needed here in any facet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, threes... There's a when you have the third, a lot of people think, a lot of people think they're an accident. Yeah, a lot of people thought Jonah was an accident, and we're like, no, it was planned. I'll take you to the gory details if you want to know. But a lot of people are like, really? And I'm like, yeah, she's. We're having another. They're like, okay. Like people are like, all right. Like they so they just I, really thought that he was um he was a whoopsies. My whole life, I took for granted because it's the guy. It's whatever. The guy's just doing whatever. I admit we didn't plan very long, but yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the guy's just doing whatever he's told at that point in the in the. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Relationship and the marriage. Yeah. I can't believe how many mothers just will go four out of five years pregnant every year. Six out of eight years. Uh, I was pregnant that entire time. Well, they're so starting wait. a dynasty. So you, di- yeah, you, you didn't drink. They, they, you just, didn't go out. You well, didn't some do anything. Don't drink that you much. You didn't vacation. You didn't travel. I mean, some of them do, which is amazing to me. Yeah, that's another story. I don't see traveling in our in our future. People just have different priorities. They just do. Yeah. Like you know, I've I've said it. Like Liz and I, we are not going on vacation this year with our children. And there are people who cannot believe. Oh God. We would dare go on vacation without our children. 
And I'm just like, no, we're th- th- this is about us, and we're going on vacation without our kids, and if we go somewhere next year, we'll take them with us next year. But I'm we're going without them because, uh, you know, eventually they'll leave the nest, and then we're get, we got to be together, and I don't just want to, you know, we don't want to just forget about each other but, there for but a I, while. But I do wonder some of the, the females maybe listening in our audience, the identity of being pregnant. Now, now some make it seem like it's, it was the worst thing to ever happen to them. They, they can't move. They can't do the daily errands. They can't do anything. Sarah wasn't that way. Like she, was, she could still be very independent. There is the matter of taking care of your other, your other child. But when I see these families of four, five, six, I'm like, how? I, well, I, I have an some, endodontist that has eight. Yeah. What, so every year you were pregnant for a decade. Like, and some of those moms cow. do get put on bed rest for like the last two months. Amazing. It's true. She, uh, like, Liz, I have no clue how it happened. Liz really liked it. That's all I remember. Is there, but, was it a hormonal thing? Um, like, what do you mean? Like mothering or yeah, anything like yeah, that? Yeah. I guess. I guess. I know she really liked it. And we thought we were done with, with the two. And then, you know, I, I always wanted a girl. And then we had Jonah. And now I'm, now I'm really done. Like well, now yeah. it's over. You you went down a very dangerous path of we're going to keep going till we have potentially a, a which, girl, which yeah. is once I got playing with boys, fire. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Because I don't I don't need a fourth boy. I got three and three's enough. I don't need a fourth. So now I can't even I cannot because then I don't even want to like I don't resent the thought of finding me, out what he is. And then if he's a boy, I'm going. Great. You told me what during the day Liz gets a little bored. You're watching random college football games like. There's a void there. There could be there could be something during the day. Could you lapse right back into eh. Oh, I mean, every now and then, every now and then, there's like a, a, a conversation that happens. Cause I mean, she's we're not getting any younger or anything like that, but I'm just like, man, like I could see a finish line now. He's four. My youngest is four. He's kind of fun. But there's also like a he's Kind of like her little doll in a lot of ways. So it's like she hangs out with him all the time. And I'm like, I don't need, we don't need any more. I'm done. So I, I've I'm wondered, done. like, you got your friend. We're done. Like me, the two of us. I got you a dog. We don't need to worry two, about right. it. The two of us in our relationship, we have said, I'm getting snipped. This is over. She's like, I, we're never going through this again. But that, I know they're kind of reversible. But if, is there any chance in five years, once the kids are at school, now we'll be old. We'll be, we'll be. You know, significantly older. Yeah. Well, one of you will be. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be. Yeah, I'll you'll be there. Uh, but will there be the 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 thought? Hey. Yes. Well, wouldn't it be That'll nice happen. to have another one? That'll happen. Yeah. Like we're just done because with this. There is. I think there's something naturally, and I gotta I gotta bring up the bronze here at some point. We gotta get the Anthony and Cleveland too. But there is something naturally I think that will happen where new kids do keep you young in a way. Because now there's a lot of thoughts that just like, well, this is it. This is And with Joan, it's like, oh, that's the last chance I'm going to have to do this, that, and the other, and this, Man. that, and the other. And so when you have another, it's like, well, then there's all this anticipation and things like that. Yeah, it'll get you. Like, I, you know, I've said we're done many times. It doesn't mean that it's not brought to the table by either one of us. So it, it's, it's just one of those things you naturally go through. Because, I mean, people are, you know, I... I your parents were ancient when they were in their late 30s, mid to late 30s. Now it, it feels differently. Plus, it feels because now you're in your late, to, you know, you're in your early 40s. Mid 40s. But it feels different late. for you once you actually hit in. Plus, people are younger than they've really ever been, or at least they felt younger because you know the health and science and all the other things that come with it. So people are thinking about that more and more.
By the way, just well, before we go to Anthony here, uh, you can hear full clips of our local shows, like the ones we're having about Lima dying. Uh, so now you have the option of listening to a specific chapter labeled by our all our producers or listen to the entire show on the free Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app now and take the time to listen to the most local sports talk or, you know, whether or not you're going to have a third. In all of Northeast Ohio, and all of Ohio for that matter. All right, one more thing about Evan Mobley. And then I got to get to this Browns thought before Lima likes at 745. Anthony in Cleveland, hello. What's up, guys? Hi. Um, hi. Uh, so about Mobley, uh, I just don't think he is going to be that guy, that unicorn that people have uh, put the title on him to be. I was talking to uh, the late, great BSK one time and in a barbershop. Uh, no less. And I was, you know, just wanting to argue with him because he was this, the big sports kahuna. And he had said something to me one time about if a player hasn't become that guy by the, his third year in the NBA, then he's never going to be that guy. And, and ever since then, and this was years ago, this was the early two thousands. So <clears throat> ever since then, I looked at players who were supposed to be that guy and by the third year, they were either that guy or weren't that guy. And I'm like, he's right. And it's Evan Mobley's third year. I just don't see it. He doesn't have that, that what they call dog in him. And you brought up a point, Ken, when you said maybe he should be the second option. And I, I, for a second, I'm like, well, maybe that might be the fix for him. Maybe they just might need to make him make him the man. But I just don't see it. I don't know. Uh, I wonder if they should force the issue. Because, I mean, I've had a lot of detractors here over the last couple of years. Like, I, I ain't going to lie. I've been very positive about the young players of the Cavs. With Dar- not, I wasn't as much with Colin Sexton, Anthony. I, I was with, with Darius Garland and certainly with Evan Mobley. I'll, I'll admit that freely to anybody out there. Uh, with and I those- wanted to say real quick, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, before Because i, I got to go clock in for work. Well, fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, I wanted to say before I go, having children is a completely selfish decision all right there you go <laughs> all right anthony thank you very much you're on the record there and that that owen delivered well, right. part of the uh menagerie i i have been I, I have been very positive about the two of them now the unicorn word gets thrown around like that that's part where in you know jason disagreed with me and that's fine a lot of people did disagree with me just because they wanted me to work me up if we're going to use this as some sort of an experimentation or, or to, to look at different rotations and try threes like that was part of the reason i go hey have evan shoot from everywhere let him find his spots on the floor. If he takes eight threes in a game, fine. I don't care. Like, I know that, hey, they're the two seed. Now, hey, if we just hold on to the top four, I still think it's going to be okay. Now, I really don't want to run into the Pacers. If the Pacers end up with the seventh seed or the Pacers end up with the sixth seed, I don't really want to end up with them. And so there's a couple of teams I do want to avoid. I also like to avoid the Heat. Well, I'm going to end up playing a team that's pretty good anyway because it's the playoffs. So I got to get some things figured out. But if I'm talking the long-term health, this is what makes it tough with having Donovan Mitchell on the team now, because I got to do what I can to win, but I also need to develop Evan Mobley, and I got to get whatever swagger that that Darius Garland was missing. I have to get that back. Uh, just just as an aside, the unicorn thing, because I've been asked about this before. Um, we we get excited to talk about unicorns because Evan Mobley came in and we're like, he can dribble, he can shoot, he can pass. By the way, he can pass. Um, the dribbling, I'm not so not so sure about right now. He does not look very confident with his handle, but. I think just if you're a, if you're six ten or above now in the NBA, you're not going to get drafted unless you're a unicorn. So every big man is coming into the league able to shoot. They all have to shoot. Yeah, that's why um, if you watch any college basketball at all, any any men's games, Zach Eady from 
Purdue. Purdue. Like, he's not going to be anything in the NBA because no. he can't do those things. No. He's dominant in college. He's one of the best players in college basketball. Nobody talks about him as a difference maker at the next level because they're all unicorns now. I mean, think about the players that can do all of the above right now in the league. Young players, Chet Holmgren. We saw him very early in the season burying, you know, clutch three-point shots. Like, Evan Mobley can't really do that. Um, and he can put it on the deck. Jaron Jackson the third in Memphis. He can do all of what Evan Mobley can do and so much more. Sangoon now may not may not look as as flashy because he's a, a post player, but he can pass, dribble, shoot, unicorn. Caps going up in the NFL. We'll get back to the Cavs coming up in a bit. Cavs Caps going up in the NFL. 13%, $30 million. It's good for the Browns because I think it takes away any of the silly conversation. I think you still have to rework something out with Nick Chubb. But again, I think it behooves Nick Chubb and the Browns to work together and get themselves a reworked contract for a multitude of reasons I spelled out already. I am not very worried at all about Nick Chubb's future with the Cleveland Browns. I think he'll play for the Cleveland Browns at some point in the 2024 season. However, one of the wide receivers that people were looking at, T. Higgins. Now, I always put T. Higgins on the shelf because I thought that they would franchise tag him anyway in Cincinnati and that they're not going to trade T. Higgins to the Cleveland Browns, so that's a no-go. Seems that he's going to be franchise tag now, especially with the new cap. And... All of us were circling in on Mike Evans, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, if I'm not mistaken here, Tone. It seems that Jer- that they're going to go back to the table with Mike Evans and maybe work something out down in Tampa Bay with him. Yeah, I find it hard to believe Mike Evans, as, as crucial as he was to their success and to make them a playoff team and to help Baker Mayfield, I find it very hard to believe he's ever going to hit the so light of day. So what other options are we going to have that's probably realistic other than just the second round of the NFL draft? Because that might be just where we're looking at right now, and I'm not sure – with some of the needs and wants of this football team, wide receivers are always needed. We've had an up and down history with tra- with drafting wide receivers, right off the top of our heads. Calvin Ridley. Are we? Is... Li- I mean, that's a possibility. I don't know if he's necessarily going back. I think that they'll probably take somebody in the draft. So if, if I have a possibility for him, that's fine. I I just don't want to overrate one of these guys in free agency. Because it seems to be for a lot of people that maybe they feel that way about Elijah Moore. Christian still, Kirk is another one. I've that been I've, coaching staff about that, but either way. Yeah, Christian Kirk. I, I think we've got we've to bring our standards down a little bit. Well, because when we're talking Mike Evans and we're talking T. Higgins, we're talking about those, those are on a lot of teams. And if these those teams are can afford ones, these guys, that's different. We're, I, I'm, I'm thinking we're playing in the pool of the, the Christian Kirks of the world. You know what I mean? Like that's, 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 fine. that's where, unfortunately, you know, we're talking free agency. You know, Justin Jefferson, an article came out yesterday. The Browns cannot trade and pay Justin Jefferson like that. I would be blown away. And if they did that, we'd be talking about losing somebody. You would not be You're gonna able have to lose someone of significance. for yeah. Justin Jefferson. So this is where we talk when, when the cap comes into play and Haslam's are willing to pay and, and we have these strategic advantages, supposedly Browns fans think the reality is if you go out and trade for Justin Jefferson and make him the highest paid receiver in the game, you're not that you're taking from another position group. Yes. You're not going to be able to go get the number one pass rusher in free agency or re-sign, you know, your 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 guys on the defensive line. There's just no way. Well, I, I think that Christian Kirk makes a little bit of sense. Calvin Ridley might be borderline for a lot of people. I, I think the draft is possible is a possibility, but I think that with the cap going up, it makes it better for us. It's like, hey. Things are working out. Andrew Barry knows what he's doing. A lot of people know what they're doing in the Browns organization. That's great. But there's also one of the other things that we have to pay attention to. It's like, okay, because it's more space for the Browns, 
that also means it's more space for everybody else and they can go out there and they can make moves. Because I think as of right now, it'd be somewhere to we're $7 million over if the new year starts, which a lot of things can be taken care before of. Before the right restructures. Yeah, yeah, before the restructures. 216-474-0092. Salary cap is going up. Will it hurt our chances for a great wide receiver? Well, we'll talk to Daryl Ryder coming up at 8 o'clock about that. Up next, did Shane Gillis save SNL on Saturday night? Find out during Lima Likes next on The Fan. Where do we even begin? Lima Likes. A funny thing happened during my break. What was that? The long, enduring, lengthy, national, international nightmare has come to an end. My program and my faith in my favorite basketball program in college sports was renewed. Lima Likes. They fired Chris Holtman. Lima Likes. They beat Purdue, the number two team in the country at home. Lima Likes. Yesterday, a buzzer beater on the road in a place they never play well. Michigan State, the Breslin Center in East Lansing, a victory. Holy cow. Lima no like. People said they got to hire Jake Diebler. Well, that's where I was going with it. No, no, no. That's where I was going, Keep him on the staff. I love love him on the staff. I'd love his brother, John, to come over. What is he with Thad Mata right now? Uh, I think, is he? Why not hire Jake Diebler? Why not? Um, Because I, maybe I'm delusional. You could tell me I am. I still think Ohio State is, is far. Well, he said yesterday, I guess, he went out and said he is uh, not a candidate. And I had heard that they did reach out to him. And Nick which, Saban said the same is, thing about Alabama. That is true. I, I, You know, he's also 62. I don't think people realize that he's a little 62. older than you think he is. A little he's one of those. Tooth. Yeah. I know he looks great. He wears the beautiful suits. He's on CBS doing Ohio State games. Um, that was the first name they were going to reach out. And that's good. They, they're not doing their jobs if they don't. Um, but I, I, I just don't think at this stage when I hear guys like Chris Gent or Scooney Penn, no, you need a guy who's done it before, who has experience doing it. This to me, and call me delusional if you want. You can look me in the eyes and say it. I'm not going to be offended. All right. I, I think Ohio State can be a top 15 college basketball yeah. job. You, you might money. not know that if you've watched the team over the last however many yeah, years. Yeah, Lyman, I'm going to need you to look at me real quick. You're being delusional. <laughs> you think I'm being delusional? I disagree. I disagree. I think they can be. I absolutely they sh- they think they can be. They should have been. They're not, though. In the and land, they, It's going to take a lot to get them there. In the land of NIL, why not? Why not? I, I I think that right now it feels like Calipari's just cashing checks at this point. Yeah. I think this might be the very last year for Tom Izzo. I don't think anybody would be surprised there. Uh, so those are jobs that would possibly be opening up. Um, there's there's other opportunities, yes. But hey, now that you have money to play with, if we're in the land of NIL still, I I, I, I think you can be. Yeah, I just think it's a year by year thing now. Though. It is. It is. And I think I think players in the transfer portal they'll go anywhere if you're going to pay them. They don't care who the head coach is. Uh, but so given that, my two names, if anybody cares, Sean Miller, and I, I'd look at Scott Drew at Baylor. I would absolutely look at him. They have NIL issues at Baylor. They have not rewarded him for his national championship. Is it better for college basketball because they're so used to the one-and-done format in the NIL world than it is for college football where guys might show up for Probably. a year and then go to another school. Well, you're saying these, these coaches at college football want no part of this new job. No. But in college basketball, that's that's been the job. They've been living from, this way for Yeah, and you only have so many years. guys. You only have to get a few commitments, and then you can build a team. Right? I feel that I would like Sean Miller. I, I've always had a thing for sweaty coaches. Yes. I always had a soft spot for Gary Patterson. And so, yeah, I, I think my leader in, my, in the clubhouse, and obviously I'm no Ohio State fan, Yeah, and I don't, the leader in my clubhouse would be Sean Miller. I don't, Scott Drew would take some... He's had a good thing going for a long time. There, 
Um, he also has connections to the Deeblers, so I think that makes sense with, with his dad coaching Jake yep. at Valpo. That makes sense to me. Uh, how about this? Lima Lights. Another enduring, long national nightmare is over because I had to hear about it every year from all you gamers out there. Madden. Kenny, Madden? What about it? It's not only is it coming back, the players are finally getting paid. No, no, no. You're thinking of college football. football. Yeah. Which is the same thing. However, however. Lime no life. They're only getting paid 600 bucks if people are outraged. What's the matter getting 600 bucks? I would have no problem. If I was playing in that game and I'm on Akron and you're telling me I can make $600 and I wasn't getting any NIL money to begin with. Where am I signing up? Like, how fast can I sign so if up? My, if Why number, are people outraged about this? I don't understand. Because it's the internet, and that's where people... They're, they're, you have the haven of professionally outraged, which are on social media. It is their job. And they it, in the NCAA and college football and big business are the perfect things to go after when it comes to college sports. I'm sorry. If I'm Kenny Carmen and I'm the, I'm the offensive lineman at Ohio State University, use a big name. Use yeah. a big name like Ohio State. They're just going to put number 74 there anyway. And no one so I care. might as well get my $600. You have no leverage. It's a video game. The players have zero leverage in this. They have not been able to unionize college football to maybe you could squeeze out another grand at, at most. You, like, you're taking the $600. Don't be outraged for my $600. I'll just take my $600. And wouldn't it be you cool? You can be outraged for other people, not for me. And, and if you are making NIL money, then who cares? Would, would it be cool to just have your name in that game and have it just be there forever yeah. for perpetuity. I, I think that would be cool. All right, here are my extensive remarks on what I saw on Saturday night. Lima likes. Shane Gillis was the host. He appeared in every this sketch. I, stuff. I mean, they overworked him. They and had I to. Thought they it, had to. And I thought it was funny. Okay. That's Lime a bad thing. Likes. Moving on. Brian Hoyer. At, wait a minute. That's what, it? Wait a second. That's what you, it? You want more analysis? You, you, you weren't going to give me do the... Have, uh, do you have clips? The the, the gambling uh, you, sketch that they had? The you, gambling uh, Would you ad? like me to weigh in on him telling Down Syndrome jokes as somebody who's in no, a family of no, Down Syndrome no, uncle? No, It's not what I was saying. Would you like to play the clip? Can we even play Rest the clip? Peace, Uncle Johnny. Uncle Johnny. Yes. It's still... Set over. Owen, I, I thought you were going to say more than... You, you have family members that might have visceral reactions to that? I do. I'm one of those family members, maybe. I, was that, uh, is it your uncle that I met at the No, it's at the my funeral? brother. It's his brother. It's your brother. Okay. Would you? Do you have any commentary? I, nope. There why is everybody, why is everybody so nervous to talk all of a sudden? Moving on there, bud. Uh, Brian Hoyer. Lima Lights. Uh, uh, I absolutely loved that the Brian Hoyer, Johnny Menzel stuff came up again because it's a lot of the stuff that I heard was going on from some Browns individuals that were very close to the team <laughs> when this was breaking out on a daily basis, yes. that there were some people that were not happy with Brian Hoyer and his lack of mentorship when it comes to Johnny football. Everything I heard from Johnny, people wanted to call him a liar. No, I, I, I heard a lot of the same things. Oh. Brian was not necessarily all that cordial. And was not going to be a father figure to Johnny Football while he was here gallivanting around and dealing with his substance abuse problems. Now we can just say that. Not reckless speculation at the time, even though people wanted to kill me when I was telling you uncomfortable truths about Johnny while it was going down. Um, yeah. Talking about me. Brian. Brian. Really? Oh, was, uh, there were some others. Brian was not maybe the upstanding teammate in that regard. And yet I look at his career earnings. Lime was the right decision. $40 million. 
He wasn't getting NIL money. He wasn't getting endorsement money, although he did get Mr. Hero. He played at Michigan State. You're saying he played there for free? I don't think Brian got a ton. Oh, Uh, he played at Michigan State. Remember, he was. They had kind of a log jam at NFL quarterbacks at Michigan State there for a period of time. What, him, Jeff Smoker? Yeah, well, Uh, Who else? There were, there were, I mean, he was in that quarterback room. There was a baseball player in there, wasn't there? Was he not there at the same time as Kirk Cousins? I think so. I don't know. Someone in the family will text us coming up here momentarily. I'm I, sure. I, I think if my, my memory serves me correctly, they had others at the at the same time. Uh, meanwhile. Lima likes. Uh, Ken, you might have changed my life. You may have, may have made life easier oh, for nice. me. Good. One nice. of the big criticisms over the year, over the years, was any time that a maybe a family member, maybe a fan of the show would reach out and say, Kenny, we love the show. Because they would always go through you because they knew you were a lot nicer than me. Well, they knew how to answer them. We have we we would like to have a, a photograph of the two of you doing your show, and we would like them autographed, and we want to give them out around Christmas time or keep them or whatever. Yes. I have no signature. I never worked on a signature. I was unable to. My cursive is terrible. My handwriting's terrible. I don't have the calligraphy in my in my in my DNA. veins, yeah. yeah, the way that Ken does. And so, Kenny sent me a picture. I've been working on it. He's been working. Oh, you've created one. Huh? I got one for him. He's working on it. I'll have to tweet it out here shortly. Wow, Ken Carmen Enterprise. Look yeah. at that. Wow. Look at that. Kenny what has my new signature. signature. So yeah, work on that. Part of me. Uh, can we 3D print it so I don't ever have to you actually be sign able it? to make a stamp? You at should least. get a stamp. You should get a stamp. Well, like you that. have to show me how to do it because just. I cannot, I cannot oh, easy. replicate that. The A is a star, yeah. and then you draw it through, and then you write the n- the Nanthony whatever <laughs> uh, o- over the line. You got to well, show me how to do the L. Be a... The L's got to be swooping, so you can put I'm a underneath the L. The there's swooping gotta be, L. There's got to be some sort of nursery rhyme or something like loop, swoop, and pull that yes. you teach kids to tie their shoes. Can I you can have create that for Lima. the West Chiaga marching band do script Anthony Lima and do it like I this? I think Lima. you have to. Like the Flying M with the Michigan Wolverines, the Script Ohio. I'm glad you like that one. Kenny. I've been working on it for months. Near and dear to my heart, I kind of begged Ken over the years. Can you do something in the way of giving me something that I can mass produce? Now, I'm not going to make it sound like anybody has wanted my autograph over the years. Nobody has. But if they do, I'm going to be prepared now going forward. You're still ridiculous again because I have to go to FedEx this week and get a photo of us again for you to sign. So you're putting me to the test. I have to be ready. To be you able to should try the that. new signature I mean, on this photo. I could ruin it, though. You know I the best care. way to do this. They're getting it for free. Go buy a new house. You get to sign that paper 50, 60 times. <laughs> That's true. It's part of the reason I like paperwork, because I get to sign my name. Kenny loves it. Kenny has a great signature. I'm Thank so you. jealous. That's you it. You have handwriting for narcissism? Lime yeah, I do. Outstanding. Are they likes. making kids take cursive anymore? Is that over? Yes, they still 820. do. 820? No. Oh, that's a big thing. I told you I did my I did my Jim Rome impression. I said more cursive, less common core. Good night now, and I sent that to you. <laughs> Eight twenty. <laughs> Everyone wants to be confident and comfortable, including the Browns and their fans. Up next, the dangerous one, Daryl Ryder. Are we out of the wide receiver market already? He'll answer it. Ken Carmen, Tone Master General, on the fan. Coming up in a bit, we are at a crisis point. Tone with storming the court. It's become though, unfortunately, the most. 
entertaining component of men's college basketball right now. <laughs> Comfort for I, citizens. Just, they used to say, wait till the final two minutes of an NBA game. No, wait till the final whistle of a college basketball game when there's an upset. Also, comfort for citizens and comfort for your Cleveland Browns. That coming up at 820. Right now, a man who likes to make things pretty uncomfortable. Daryl Ryder, the dangerous one, brought to you by Shiban Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Good morning, Daryl. Stay off the floor, people. Daryl Ryder coming in hot already, <laughs> making people stay off the floor. Uh, Daryl, the, the cap went up 13%, shot right up. Before we go looking at other people's windows to see who we can get, what do you think that does for the Browns and their salary cap situation with some of the names that we've been hearing? And some of this has been silly season, as you illustrated on Friday, Daryl, and rightfully so. But what do you think that does with some of the conversation with some of the players that we've been talking about here over the last couple of months? Well, I mean, it makes it easier if the Browns don't want to restructure uh, Deshaun Watson's contract, which I, I still think that they will do that. But if they don't want to do it, it certainly uh, makes that. Would you uh, a or lot would easier. you not? Would I you would not? not? You would I, not. I would not. I'd, bu I'd bite the bullet. Uh, this year um, and the reason being I just I don't know what I'm getting from this guy and I don't know yet if I want to extend you know organizationally if I put myself in the Browns position I don't know if I want to extend him I don't know if I want to uh, get out of this thing yet so um, if you have the room uh, to, to take that 63 million dollar cap hit this year I say just do it and then if he plays the way everyone expects him to play and he plays up to the contract, then next offseason you can think about doing a restructure and or an extension for him. Um, but if you, if you have the ability this year just to absorb that cap hit uh, with no problems, do it. However, if you need the cap space to – because there's a piece you want to bring in to try and get this thing over the top, then absolutely 100% you restructure Watson again so that you're able to do that because this is your window. You need to be all in each and every year. So the cap going up, um, you know, certainly is a great news for the Browns and is going to make uh, Andrew Barry's life this offseason even more easy than it was already going to be because even though – they're going into the the, uh, the new league year uh, above the cap here. Uh, they'll do some restructures in the next uh, two and a half weeks or so to get under uh, the cap and give them the latitude they need to uh, make all those uh, moves in free agency. Yeah, but Daryl, if they don't restructure the quarterback's contract, then his life isn't really that much easier at all, Andrew Barry. Like they, they aren't going to be able to do much in free agency at all because a lot of guys get raises anyway. Um, and you've got other guys talking, you know, potential extensions with with other guys as well. Well, look at all the contracts that they restructured last year. Um, they restructured Njoku. They restructured Miles. Uh, they restructured Batonio. Uh, so there's there's room uh, to do restructures without having to do uh, Watson's contract. So um, it's it's boilerplate language that's already built into many of these contracts. You don't even really have to. Uh, outside of the courtesy of uh, notifying uh, the agent uh, and the player that they're going to do it, it's just a stroke of a pen. So um, it that's that's nothing uh, for the Browns. Um, and what helps them is that they have owners with deep pockets that are willing to spend money and write those big signing bonus checks up front uh, in the off season. 
And then on top of that, give Barry what he needs to be able to bring in uh, additional pieces. The Browns remain uh, one of the top spenders in the National Football League, and they have been for years. Daryl Ryder and Nanny Baskin, they discuss the latest news surrounding the Cleveland Browns and their stadium and try to answer the question, is there a dome in the future for Northeast Ohio during the new episode of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland? Subscribe now for absolutely free at 923thefan.com or on the absolutely free Odyssey app. All right, Daryl, the, the cap going up got fans in uh, in the short term very excited. We got but hot then and bothered. Immediately they heard, all right, Cincinnati Bengals are are never going to let T Higgins get to free agency and, and they didn't and, and they didn't. And also a report over the weekend from Jeremy Fowler, I guess he said it on TV that Mike Evans is not going to get to free agency either. So that's, that's one a and one B for the wide receiver targets. Do we need to kind of pump the brakes on our standards, our expectations of the type of receiver the Browns are going to be able to get? Well, I, th- I think you can also pump the brakes on maybe what they need. Um, I-, I don't know where the notion came that the Browns need a number one wide receiver. Y- you have one. His name's Amari Cooper. Um, so I-, I don't know where that notion has come from. I-, I think what they need is a complimentary piece to Cooper. They need somebody. Uh, you know, Marquise Goodwin, the reason they signed him last year was for speed. That's what they need. They need more speed at that position, somebody that can go downfield and get themselves uh, open uh, and, and give Watson uh, another target to, to throw the football to. So while everyone get you know, was you know, throwing around T Higgins and Mike Evans, like it, it, I, I, the only way I see the Browns getting a big name receiver uh, again, this off season is if another Amari Cooper slash Zadarius Smith type of a trade presents itself where Barry is able to take advantage of another team's financial or cap situation where he gives up nothing to bring in another piece. And that is something that we've seen over the last four years. Andrew Barry is very, very good at in in taking advantage of those opportunities. So um, I think that that's a component that we'll see once again this offseason. And it may not happen right away. Um, when the new league year kicks in in the middle of March, you know, they, they, there's a chance that, you know, hey, we, we might get April, May, June, July. Um, Cause to, to Barry's credit, he doesn't, he doesn't stop shopping. Uh, we saw that last year with Zedaria Smith. And then we get close to training camp and they sign Shelby Harris. So, um, you know, uh, Barry's going to be very active. He always is. He's going to be very aggressive because he always is. Um, and, uh, like I said, I, I look for him to, to try and find himself another one of those trades where he gives up next to nothing and gets a quality player in return because we see him do it on a regular basis. Daryl, do we have maybe a bit of, does Andrew Barry have a bit of a blind spot at wide receiver? Because it's like, well, Cooper's great. He traded a fifth round pick, but paid a lot of money. Yeah. And DPJ was pretty good for a six round pick. Let's call it where we call it. But there's also Elijah Moore, who's kind of been a meh. And yeah. then there was also Anthony Schwartz in the third round. Well, I'm not willing to, to um, uh, or I should say I'm not too down on Elijah Moore yet, Ken. I- I'd like to see just they have Elijah Moore play receiver this year. Drop the gimmick stuff. Um, I-, I feel like they invested a lot of energy last year into gimmick stuff for Elijah Moore. And unfortunately, the gimmick stuff, none of it really seemed to work. 
Um, so I, I'd like to see them just use Elijah Moore as as a receiver. But I, I certainly understand your point. The production did not match uh, the expectations. I mean, I, myself, I for the know, record, I'll, I agree with you. I, I I was like, well, I think they put him in a tough tough spot there, and I, I'm looking forward to 2024. But that's just that's personal. I yeah. just want to make sure that's out there. Yeah, and and and, and, and I, look, I was hyping him up all off season too because every time we go out to practice, they they had a, a, a new wrinkle. It seemed. Uh, for more, and again, it, it didn't work. So uh, you got to go. Well, I think uh, you know back to basics where he's concerned. But um, yeah, I, I, I I'm not willing to say that they have a blind spot there. Look, uh, it seems every year in the third round, Andrew Berry drafts another receiver. I don't know, maybe try and find someone in the second round this year uh, instead of waiting to the third round. Because to me, when you get through rounds three through seven, you're kind of rolling the dice there. Um, and obviously they haven't had a first-round pick here the last couple of years because of the Sean Watson trade. So, uh, you know, maybe pick a receiver a little earlier in, in the draft, and, uh, you know, the early returns and thoughts seem to be that this would be a good year to spend a second-round pick on a receiver, so we'll ultimately see if that's what Barry decides to do. It's something we're going to be talking about in the coming days, maybe today and, and, and moving on forward, uh, Browns fans and – their love for Andrew Barry, and I, I see it around every turn. Uh, I've seen uh, so many Browns fans talk about the decided edge they have now with with Andrew Barry. I want to know how confident you are that this team on paper will be more talented than maybe you thought they were last year or the year before, uh, given whatever their cap situation is, trades, draft, not having a first-round pick again as well. How confident are you that he is going to improve the team coming up? Well, I mean, again, it, it comes down to opportunity, especially on the trade market. It takes two to tango there. But uh, as far as his aggressiveness and, and willingness and, uh, you know, uh, constant efforts to uh, improve the roster, I'm 100% confident. I mean, that's not even a question for me. I, I think Barry's done a, a pretty good job. We can sit here and debate, obviously, uh, his draft classes, but a lot of his draft classes have been on, you know, back-end picks because that's what – uh, he's had to work with, uh, you know, early on Jed Wills, uh, you know, jury's still out on him. And I, I don't know that I, I, you know, be rushing to, uh, you know, give Jedrick Wills a, a long-term contract uh, at this point. But um, I, I think when you talk about uh, year in and year out, giving the team the best opportunity to be successful on the field, it's really hard to, or I should say, it's really hard to argue uh, with what Andrew Barry's done over the last four off seasons. And I have no doubt that, uh, you know, this off season will be any different. Daryl Ryder, brought to you by Scheib and Jewelers. Daryl, you ready for a quick, how come quickie? Sure. I, I love how come I, that's, I, I miss Les's How come quickies. What do you, how come we could possibly see, see through pants at the guardians game on the same day as a total solar eclipse. Wow. How think about it. Think about it. Um, I am. <laughs> and the one, the one answer I have in my head, I probably can't say on the air. <laughs> okay. I mean, is this going to restore? Does it, have, does, it, does it have something to do with a full moon? It, is it? Oh, I like that, Daryl. That's a great question as well. <laughs> well done, Daryl. Well done. Uh, Daryl, I got one. Put you on the spot while we're just having some fun. Cause as you know, it's always a fun show. It's a fun show. It's good to have you back by the way. Lionel. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you. I know. I know you, you mean, mean that, it. Daryl. I, of Knock course I mean off. that. Not in the mood for that today. Uh, with that said, Daryl, 
not in the mood for diaper duty. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I kept. I, I was going to ask you. We we might need a photographer anyway. Uh, Dar- oh, no, <laughs> you're done with that. What, you're not, not going to take pictures anymore, Daryl. Do we not pay yeah, enough? I, I, no, oh no, no, no. I, I've got to replace some equipment. It's oh. been a very expensive. It's been, it's oh. been an expensive oh. year. I've got to replace my uh, my camera's a little old, and uh, yeah. All right, Daryl. I hear every day. Again, Browns fans talking about we have an owner who's willing to spend money. Yep. You just did a podcast about potential for a dome, where the city's going to put a stadium. Would you rather have, if you had either column A or column B, disposable income from the Haslam's, would you rather have it go towards players or a brand new state-of-the-art dome? Um, <laughs> That's a great question. Well, it... <laughs> That's what I've been doing thing. for three weeks. <laughs> You've been stewing on this for three weeks. Three this weeks. I could have seen your face. Oh, man. Um, oh, yeah. Well, they've already spent on – I mean, they, they spend on players. So, they're, they're always, you know, spending on players. So, uh, I, I would say go ahead and build the dome. All right. We because, have one because, vote. Because I don't think that's going to affect their ability to spend on players. We, we have it locked in. One vote for dome. But, no, if you had to choose one, if you had to choose one – if they said, hey, we'll build you the dome, but, you know, we're not going to really go on the spending spree yearly oh, for free you're, agency. You're, oh, you're, you're, gonna, so you're saying that to scale back the roster. Well, then, yeah, you, you got to put the best product on the field. Fans deserve the best product, so it, it's, you got to spend on the players. That's the roster. But then the, the city does not get their dome and able to get all the big events and bring back so much more money in terms of an investment, if you believe in something like that. Uh, then, then it comes at an expense, which I've been reading a lot of uh, folks that don't believe in things I know. like that. So I've seen the studies, Daryl. Uh, yeah, yes, there, there, there have been studies. Um, yeah, I mean, look, if if you're giving me a a choice between fielding a football team and a place for them to play, well, uh, if you don't have a good football team, you really don't need a place for them to play. So you, you got to field mm, the team first and foremost. Oh, wow, Daryl Ryder, brought to you by Shivan Jewelers. That is an impossible. You know what? Kudos to you, Lime. You're you're. You are back. <laughs> I, I had three weeks for that one. He's the king of impossible questions. Yes, he is. That, he that's is. well done by you. I mean, everybody you else are... at the stations talk about the Steelers. Let's let's talk about nitty <laughs> Boy, gritty that really spending you. money. That really bothered you. That really you it's were sitting seemed, at home going, I can't believe what's going on it here. It seemed out of place. You feel like I a know, rip. I tell you. Listen, anytime huh. you can dunk on the Yinzers, you just have to take that opportunity. He, but you can tell that's been this is like the fourth time he's brought this up with me in the last two days. You can tell he was <laughs> sitting at home going, What is going on here? Like he you feel like know. a gatekeeper I, for this maybe, station, don't you? Maybe we need to talk about the Ravens, the team that won the division. I don't know. Maybe it's silly me. Daryl. Again, anytime you can dunk on the Yinzers, you just have to take that opportunity. Daryl, thank you for the time. Welcome back, Lima. Thank you. Nice right. to see you haven't changed. It's brought to you by Shabin Jewelers. All right, Dover players. So say it out there, everybody. Two one six four seven four double oh ninety two. This is a crazy premise. I told you I had three weeks to think of stuff. Three and if weeks. this is one of your better ideas, I can't imagine one of your worst. <laughs> I I heard it. Yeah. Let, me, let me frame it the right way here. All right. All I've heard is we have an owner who's willing to spend. It gives us this tactical advantage in free agency. By the way, I don't know if I totally believe all that I'm hearing about this huge edge the Browns have with with the cap and everything. Why? Um, because they're they're playing with the same rules everybody else is, and there's plenty of owners willing to willing to spend money and restructure contracts. And I've seen the Saints do it every year. They're not they're not the richest owners in football. They're able to do it every year. I'm sure the Browns can find a way. The question is whether it's smart to do it. Um, but whatever. That's that's be that as it may. I also hear at the same time that well, 
you can't expect Jimmy Haslam to just pay for a stadium. Owners don't do that. Well, I mean, all the money is is in a is in a pot, right? There's this it's like when we talk about our disposable income. What are we going to spend our disposable income on? In theory, I'm just wondering, would fans, if if you had your choice, would you rather have free agency spending to crazy excess levels every year? Or would you rather have uh, the owner just pay for the dome? Well, the dome is more expensive than the players. Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying in theory, though. But I'd still rather have the players. My my emotions are ran on the players. I can watch the Browns just about anyway. So I mean, when it really own, comes down to it, you're making me put yeah. it down to the boiling so point. So you of care everything. more about Browns football and just that than That's all I know. Having a beautiful stadium that we can attend events year round, bringing more money again in theory Who's to for, the city. Well, I mean, you would get you would obviously get some more events and things like that, but they're the ones who own the building, so you yeah. can't you can't share in the gate or whatever agreements that would be in on that. So, you, I mean, we're being honest here. We're being honest. If they own the building, they own the building. Now, there's taxes on the building and things like that. I get all that stuff. But it's like, no, I, I mean, if we're, if we're really picking and choosing here, I, my enjoyment comes from winning on Sunday, and I wanted them to get more players. Maybe I'm being short-sighted. I'm sure I'll be accused of that. Well, hey, I, if all you – if the I got people a good feeling us, I'm going to be accused of that. Yeah. No, I think, I think people are going to agree with you. I think, I think, first of all, the older crowd – will will go with you because they don't want a dome to begin with. So they're well, like, my- why can't we throw a fresh coat of paint on the lake and just, you know, stay in that stadium overall and not have to worry about it and nobody has to pay for it? All right. I mean, I, I get it. I I think it's one of the poorer venues. It's certainly not even close to I don't to- think it's bad. I don't think the stadium's bad. I, think, I, I, I I've been to a I lot think, of other places. I think fans have showed you it's bad by the fact that you just had a playoff team and the place was empty. <sighs> in the upper deck for most of the season. Where? I mean, you had a playoff to hear the, this no, year. That Bears game, the Jacksonville okay, game. we went to one Bears game. The Jacksonville game? The Bears game was pretty well attended. The Jacksonville game, I'll give you. Oof. The Jacksonville game, I'll give you. I remember you had, you had people tweeting, Jacksonville fans, which I didn't know existed. They were tweeting like, where are the fans? Like, what's going on like here? one guy. It's because it's because the the weather has That's been very – the, the, fa- the fans here have spoken, I think, that they're just not – especially young fans – They'll just sit at home. They'll just sit at home. If the, if the weather looks like it's going to be well, iffy at all, they'll sit just at sit home at and home. watch a good football team instead of going indoors and watching a not-so-good football team because we're not spending on the free agents or the guys who are about to be free agents because you have to add that to it, too. The mm-hmm. guys we draft, okay, well, they're eventually going to be free agents. Well, if, if everything works in this perfect world, we assume that the players that you take are going to be good players, and that means you want to be able to sign the good players, the bulk of the good players that you have. So if that's the case, then, yeah, I'd rather have the players. I the weather wasn't that great, I'll grant you. And it usually is that weird, like, snow. People look at Norman Rockwell paintings and they fall in love with snow. Usually it's very windy and rainy, and then you get wet and cold, and that sucks. So that I can sympathize with to that level. But, and you're talking about 100% ownership of a major building and major draw in the city. I don't know if that's necessarily something that you would want, you would want over having good football players for your football well, team. Still, they own a football but team. But I, I think that's the false choice. They own your favorite team. I think that part of it's a false choice. I don't think you need You're to rely. You're the one made the choice up. Uh, the part about free agency. I, I think just assuming that the Browns need free agency every year, all right, what you'd rather have them do is draft better you're, every year so that you don't on. have to go no, 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 into you free can, agency. Now you're moving, he's moving one the goalposts One on. of the issues that the Browns, and I think under Barry, have had, um, maybe until this year where Dewan Jones looks like a – a, a, a very solid pick and JOK and Emerson. Although, you know, we'll see. We'll see if Dewan Jones can stand the test of time. He already has knee issues already with that frame. I, I, I think that the, the really good teams in this league that can draft well and not have to go into free agency every year, 
because that's what you're doing. You're you're using free agency to mask the mistakes you've made in the draft. But they have not said, drafted. They have not drafted said, defensive line nearly good enough. You said spend the hilt is what you yeah. said. Max out every single year. I'm not talking about buying new fresh fresh free agents every single year. You have to add it up and and you have to you can't just move the goalposts on me. I'm saying. You draft a guy. I don't know why you had to bring Dewan Jones into it. You draft a guy. All right, well, eventually you're going to have to pay Dewan Jones. Eventually you're going to have to pay other guys. We're, have to, we're going to have to pay JOK. Remember, he's a second-round pick. So I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather pay the players that I'm emotionally involved in because they win football games or lose football games for my, my favorite team than sit here and have this round and around and around argument about stadiums all the time. Fine. I'd rather have the players. 216-474-0092. Dave on the road. You're next up on the fan. Hello. Hey, uh, you know, up in Detroit, the Ford family paid for that stadium. They, they paid for that dome. I'd much rather have Haslam pay for the dome, follow the salary cap, and like the Lions, draft well. You know, the players the Lions have that made them good this year. Man, were players that's a great point. Draft well. the last 20 years two, later. The though. last two years, they have drafted as well yeah, as Ford, any team in football. First off, Dave, Ford Field's been around for like 20 years. Okay, so it's like, oh, I'd rather have. What, what, where were you? Where were you calling me when they were it hosted Super Bowl forty, and we just had Super Bowl fifty eight. Okay, so we could have the exact same situation. They could pay for the state. I don't even know if they paid for the stadium. Dave could be lying to me for all I know. But I, let, let's say you're telling the truth, Dave. Twenty years of terrible football, with the exception of one here. Well, we would rather have it that way. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that that the Browns are going to be terrible. I think you can do both. Again, I agree with you. The premise is false. You can't. You don't. That's you not don't the have exercise, to have Dave. One yeah. or the other. Well, all well, premises are false to some all, degree. All premises. I mean, there's sports talk radio, Dave. So you have to pick a side on this because all <laughs> premises are false. I want both. Draft well. That would be nice. Well, that that would be nice. Over now. Dave is just not going to play by over now because we just go. Do you want to be good at football or have your things? You got to pick one. Yeah. No, you can have both. Okay. Dave? Good night. Here's Baskin and Fox. Yeah. Let's go to the ten o'clock show. Dave on the road is a bad boy, and he plays by his own set of rules. Apparently. <laughs> Danny in Lake County. You're next up on the fan. Yes. Good morning. Happy Monday, gentlemen. Just wanted to touch briefly. Uh, the Haslam family just sold their remaining stake in Pilot Flying J for $2.5 billion. Yes. I think that's probably enough money for himself to build it. Plus, he still got all the money he swindled them truckers out of. Oh, hey, 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 Home of the Browns. We'll have continuing hey, coverage from hey, the combine. Danny, hey, hey, that's enough of that. Second of all, you're, they're not playing by your rules here, Tone. <laughs> they're just saying that you I do know. both. I know. That's all I'm saying. I knew saying. it was going to happen. What did they pay for the uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks? <laughs> for their, their, their I don't know. stake in the Milwaukee yeah, Bucks? I don't remember. A whole bunch of money. Why do I care? Well, Enough I, to build a dome, probably. We, we are they pocket watching, Kenny. They my current salary to go to Milwaukee. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We're pocket watching. We got to know what they paid and how much money they have. This is what we do. $3.5 billion for 25% of the franchise. No, they didn't. What well, no, 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 that's got to be the no. whole value. That math doesn't no, work. no, no. You're saying the the bucks are worth three and a half billion, and they paid twenty percent. How much did you say? What was the twenty five percent? Twenty five percent of the bucks from Lazary for three point five billion. Yes, gotcha. So six hundred million, six million, whatever it was. You got to play by Tone's rules if you're going to go through this crazy practice. You can't just say now, both. Without a doubt. I had to make a choice. I would rather both, too, but I'm going to take players. <laughs> now, without a doubt, I would have rather the Haslam spent the Bucks money on the Dome. Of course, but. 216 Would you rather them sell their stake in the Bucks? Never mind. That's going to.
We know what that answer is going to be, and I'd rather not. So the Haslam's are really sitting there hoping the Bucks catch the Cavs in the in the Eastern Conference stands. That kind of bothers me a little bit. I could be honest. I think they just want to return on investment. To be frank, you don't think they care about whether the team wins? Honestly, I don't think they care as much about that team winning as they do the 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 Browns and the Crew. What What are you basing that on? I think they it's don't. They're not safe majority to say owners. What we that have team. to do right now, guys. Power rank. Yeah, power rank. Who they love? Let's get <laughs> it going. Go. Let's get it going easily. Number one, Browns. Number two, Crew. Number three, You're Milwaukee Bucks. This. Bucks are reasons. third in your power ranking. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. They don't. They're not the principal owners of the Bucks. Now, so they're put, hoping they Bill, make a good return on investment. Now put play in a dome in that, and where does that go? And how much they care about those franchises winning? And if Kyle Shanahan is one Browns, of the better wow. coaches, and if you take him over a quarterback. Browns, number one. Play in a dome. Didn't the crew just win a championship? Yes, they, they did. did. They've won like three so, or no, two they won, uh, you won two of the Hazlums. You don't think they go to the owners' meetings in the MISL, MSISS, Mississippi, Merrill? You don't think they're going into those owners' meetings going, we are going back-to-back, and that's what matters. You don't think they are going to take pride in that? No. I think they might like I think the they care. More. I think they care. Browns, hold on. I'll, I'll, let me explain why. Browns, playing in a dome. They have a chance your to build fo- a dynasty here. Your phone's going to light up with certain numbers. I don't even want to be around for that. Browns, <laughs> playing in a dome, and then the crew. They've won, they've so the won Bucks two aren't even the on their power rankings? No, no. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. That's a waste of money. Wow. It's not a waste of money. It's it, To them, it's to make money. You know, you wonder, though, if you truly thought about it, the Browns are making hand over fist. Do you think they have any emotional involvement at all with the, the Milwaukee Bucks? The Browns Not are, a chance. The, the Haslams are making money on the Browns, win or lose. Oh, it's 16, same amount of money. In fact, they're probably saving money because they're not spending it in free agency. 216-474-0092. Okay, you got to play by tone. You didn't even give your power ranking. You have to play by tone's premise here. <laughs> Would you rather players or the dome? You can't say both. You can't say neither. I don't know why you'd say neither. You can't say don't. I can't wait to see how Mitch titles this one on the website. (laughs) Let's just dial it Domer players. Domer players. 216-474-0092. That and uh, ruining tradition coming up on the fan. It was a uh, total, it was a total, total, total accident. That coming up before the end of the show. When? You got to be hanging on our every word or you shall be lost. I'll line it with one of the all-time silliest premises. Because people are just saying, well, I want both. And it's like, no, you got to pick either or. <laughs> by, by the rules, the, uh, the, 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 what is it? The, the rules Geneva of order. The convention. The rules of Robert's order. Robert's rules of order. Robert's rules of order. You got to pick one, brother. You got to pick. Do you either want players or do you want a dome? <laughs> just sounds so stupid. I need you to say it. It was. I mean, here to come yeah, out of when my you mouth. put it like that, it is kind of stupid. <laughs> But that's not going to stop me from having fun. Now say it your tricky way where you make people I, think. I, I, I just want to know. Because you kept moving the goalposts on me. Well, that, makes it, that makes it more of a difference. Yeah, slippery anyway. with yeah. Well, that's the type of dome he wants to build, one with movable goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, look. yeah. Oh, these guys understand. John and Walton Hills, he understands exactly just want, what's no, Let's just go asked. to the calls. Yeah, Forget what Ken has to say. Let's just go to the calls. He's perfectly encapsulated. John will actually play by the rules, I bet. Go ahead. Gentlemen, good morning. Morning. Big fan, Lima. Glad you're back. <laughs> Um, are you after go, this John, last segment? Are you? He can't be. So the the I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question with a question, and then I'm gonna drop my mic. Okay. Um, it's a phone. How many You're... how many stadiums are are in the football hall of fame? Ah, think about that. In... He wants players. 
I think he just whistled into the phone. I uh, want players. He wants no, players. You, know, you could, you could How many? have the best building in the world, but if you throw an 0-16 team in there. Yeah. Joe Thomas cares. is in the Hall of Fame, not uh, M&T Bank Stadium. Boom. True, and but neither, John, neither Hall the, Hall the dome, the dome season does not, does not end the moment the Browns are eliminated. The, the whole point is, like Lucas Oil, they have 200-plus Would events. you rather have a stadium or Miles Garrett in the Hall of Fame? 216474. <laughs> John, thank you very now, much. Technically, Tom Benson Stadium is at yeah. the Hall of Fame. Now, did, Hall it of earn it, did it earn its way in? It doesn't have a bus. There is a, there's a statue of Tom Benson in one of the end zones. <laughs> is Canton McKinley High School in the Hall of Fame? That's the debate that we've got to have. That's a logistical nightmare. I, I don't know how you break it down. Yeah, that's why they're trying to move downtown. It is a logistical yeah. nightmare. Yes. Brad in San Diego, California. Hello. Hey, Kenny. I I love you, brother, but I think you're looking a little short-sighted here in the oh. fact that if you build the dome, then you have more vents, which replenishes Haslam's pockets oh. very, very fast. Hmm. I think you also look at the fact that I think we as Clevelanders have to pay a little extra for players to come and play in this environment. And so the amount of free agents that would have probably come to Cleveland, but, hey, man, I don't want to play in that weather. Hey, you got a retractable dome now. Brad. So come on in for a slightly cheaper slightly cheaper deal. Look at Cameron Jordan. I don't agree with that. Saints. I don't Jordan agree the other with day, that. Last season said there's no way I'd play in Cleveland simply because of this weather. Oh, so, Cameron Jordan. So no, yeah, but we right got there. Jordan Cameron. They yeah. Yeah. So what's the problem? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, hey, Genevieve Clowney played here, it and did. then they yep. decided to go to Baltimore. They go to the highest bidder. I mean, when it ultimately comes yeah. down to it, you go to the highest bidder in the NFL, especially in that sport. Where I mean, the money doesn't necessarily fall off trees for these guys. Like, hey, if this was an NBA conversation, Brad, and the guaranteed contracts are there, like, hey, I got no argument. I, I, we have to pay more. Thank you for the call. But in the NFL, I, I'm not buying that. That that one I'm not getting. I think that if, if you have a culture, I don't think they're going to take any less. If you have a culture, they'll take right along with some of the other ones. If you have a chance to win a Super Bowl, maybe they'd take a little less, but I think that these are stories. Lyman knows the the agents and the people out there. They go, yeah, they say that because technically it's true, but it's not really true because how the, the how the contracts were written. Like, so-and-so took less to go there. Did they? Did they? Because actually it's not that true. We brought that up a million times over. I think in the NFL they'll just play for whoever the higher bidder is. Uh, at Wake Forest, there was a rushing of the court after their win over Duke. John Shire, the head coach at Duke, upset after one of his players got hurt for me it's i'm more concerned about the the well-being of our guys you know flip sprains his ankle when are we going to ban court storming like when are we going to ban that like how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face and it's a dangerous thing and i don't want that to take away from the game that wake played but you look around the country and Caitlin Clark, something happens. And now Flip, I don't know what his status is going to be. He sprains his ankle. And it's one thing, like when I played, at least it was 10 seconds in the court. You know, you would storm the court. Now it's the buzzer doesn't even go off and they're, they're running on the floor. And this has happened to us a bunch this year. It's part of it. I don't want this to take away at all from Wake, but uh, that needs to stop. Kyle Filipkowski is the player who was hobbled after the loss to the Demon Deacons over the weekend. It was on Saturday. And the Demon Deacons fans, now it, it is true. I mean, right when the buzzer ended, I mean, they were running out there. Um, I used to feel different about this. I used to just go, ah, fine, to hell with it. Let them storm the court. Let the kids have their fun. 
with the social media stuff, like I told you, who was the guy from Oklahoma when Kansas beat Oklahoma this year and that kid was in his face, like trying to make him do something right there? And I'm like, eh, this is not good. Yeah, the kids. This is not it good. It seems like the kids that are storming the court are handling it way and way worse yes. almost every time well, you because the, they're trying to make a viral moment. They're college kids. They're lubed up. You don't think when you're in your early 20s. Hell, there's a lot of people who don't think in their 40s and 50s and 60s. But, I mean, you're not thinking in your 20s. You're having a you're you're going to have a viral moment and look I mean it's just bad and you're you're putting yourself I think you're putting some people if you try to do something like that it's not like you're putting people in danger yes things can happen but it's also where it's like hey you can start a fight you don't want to start a fight with I mean we saw Cam Newton just handle six guys he's in retirement for crying out loud these are athletes some of these guys are Zeus's like Phil Taylor like if you beat Baylor you're going to run up to Phil Taylor. Phil Taylor will hip toss yeah. you through three walls at one if time. You saw Cam like, Newton. You're happening. certainly not going to do yes. anything. <laughs> yes. Um, like you're not doing this. Yeah. Pat Forty wrote a column on this, and I know some people say there's been two, two or three incidents. Now we're writing columns, and now we're acting outrage. I know the SEC had convened about this a year ago. I thought the Caitlin Clark incident would get it done. Sure. I mean, and you, I know that some people are like, "Well, if she took a die, I don't. Whatever." It's yeah, still the I mean, biggest star in women's college basketball. You cannot. Can you imagine if something bad happened to any of these players or somebody like Caitlin Clark, her season's over because she's not able to brace herself because she doesn't know where these idiot fans are going to be when she's when she's trying to leave the court. I would actually be incensed considering the women's Final Four is here. That's right. I would be yeah. incensed. And our economy depends on Caitlin Clark getting to the Final Four. We'll be making that more and more clear Part throughout the Part of our around-the-Clark coverage yes. that is coming up over the next few so, weeks. So don't think we haven't been thinking about uh, show ideas. Yeah. So – the, the SEC racked up these huge fines. First defense, $100,000. This is for football. Two hundred dollars for the second, $500,000 for the third. They start talking about, well, do we want to take away home games? I mean, they're not reasonably going to do that. They're never going to take away I, well, I, a home I, game. I think eventually if you get enough penalties for it, because it's like, well, you have to control this, the atmosphere that you have. I mean, there's crowd control is part of everything, no matter if you're at a high school game or whether you're at yeah. professional basketball. Well, I remember. doesn't matter. Um, when you would get to district finals in basketball, no matter where you were in the state, uh, there would be about a minute left to go in the game. They would pull out a rope, basically. to And, and yeah, you could go under the rope. You could go over the rope. But they're basically saying, hey, we're watching. We don't want people jumping out of the court. We have a trophy presentation right after this. We're not doing. We're not doing this. We're not going to make this take forty-five minutes and then do it. And that's high school, very different, obviously, from what's going on. Like you said, these kids are, you know, lubed up. They're ready to go. It's an upset, especially when you do it at home against a team that's ranked. Uh, when it's a rivalry, you know, I'll, I'll never forget Ohio State, Michigan, the, the, the Ohio State team in two thousand two that won it all. We stormed the field. I wrote an article for the Lantern that week talking to Andy Geiger. Hey, are fans allowed to storm the field? And he said, absolutely not. We're going to grease up the poles and 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 do that. Grease up the poles. That's what, that's what he said. That's what he, I have him literally quoted in the story. Is that church that does that? Say Rocco's. Thank you very yeah. much. Yes. So there you go. So they did that and people did try to climb the goalposts. They couldn't get up there because they were all buttered up. Well, you need the four guys and then you, you know. There's a way to do it. Yeah. Those guys will show you how to do that on the near west side. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Will fans be shamed enough to stop doing it? You're, you're talking about college kids. I don't is think they a, feel shame. I don't a, think they care. No, they don't. And they probably don't. Is there some code of, code of conduct violation I can threaten them with? Are you going to arrest them all? Are you going to put you, them in handcuffs? Like if, well, if you end up on the floor, is it the same thing as what it would be if you ran across a baseball field? Because you're getting, you're at least going to get sent to the to the jail for the day or until they oh. can get you out. I don't know what type of 
anybody who's ever actually ran across a field at a baseball game, I don't know actually what happens to him. I know there was that story about that kid who made the bet and ran out there and whatever yeah. Yeah, during the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. But I don't know what happens in like a regular season Major League Baseball game or something like that. But like, if you're on the floor, like, can they kick you out of school? Can they yeah. threaten to kick you out and, of school? And and I I wonder. I mean, these are two these are two pretty high high academic institutions. I, I assume I, Wake Forest is. I wonder if fans are are listening to us going, guys. There have been court stormings every year. I'm sure there's our plenty. entire life. There have been what four injuries you can ever. And I used to feel that way, but now I I got idiots out there with cell phones trying to get guys to bait them into doing something, yeah. and it's just going to lead to something bad. And I don't need to make if I'm an athletic director or if I'm one of the people at one of these schools, I don't need my school looking bad. I really don't need that. I got it pulled up right now. Miracle at Richfield. You don't see this in the pros that often, but the fans absolutely storm the court. Indians beating the Yankees yeah. in the playoff game in Major League. Yeah. You saw the happen. guy in the gray T-shirt run out there looking very happy. I mean, you got to see it. There was a 10-cent beer night. Dan Coughlin got into a fist fight. And then there was like 18 others that tried to fight him that night. Yeah. 216-474-0092. Should we get rid of court, court storming in sports in general? Should court storming be a thing of the past? Also, uh, you had something pretty interesting to say about number one wide receivers and why the Browns already have one. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lyman, live on the fan. 920, I let my I accidentally let my sons walk in on something terrible. What is it? I'll tell you at 920. It's not what you think. Still not good, but it's not what you think. And it happened on Saturday night. 216-474-0092. I'll take one here about the court storm, and I gotta I gotta ask that question that Daryl mentioned when we talked to Daryl at 8 o'clock. Because now, you know, there is it's kind of a weird elephant in the room, and I think it needs to be discussed. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. I have I have switched over the last couple of years. I have seen this court storming issue that happened with um with with Duke and Wake Forest. And before I was like, come on, it ain't that big of a deal. And now over time, now that I've seen some people just try to, it, it used to be just the exuberance of your team is one. We're out here on the floor. Everybody's excited. We storm the floor. Everybody's having this good time and. That people storm the field. You remember, uh, what was it? Chris Chris Berman trying to talk at, at Candlestick, Candlestick and everybody's yeah. shoving him around and he's getting pissed. Like there's there's something that's kind of fun about it, but there's also now you're seeing you're just seeing idiots with cell phones trying to go viral for something stupid, and that's not in the spirit of it. If you're, if, I think before it was like, hey, if, if something bad happened, it was like, eh, that's a total accident. Now I think that there's guys trying to bait each other into it. Uh, and I, that's not the spirit not of celebration. Only that, not only that, you just mentioned guys trying to go viral. When you see any court storming, like I just, I tagged you in a tweet, or I responded with the miracle at Richfield, because you don't see this in the pros all that often. Almost way back then you might have. Now there's almost no chance. Like, can you imagine after a playoff game uh, when the Cavs had LeBron, anybody storming the court? Like, it would have been really hard. It would have been really hard because there's so much in the way of security. Big dudes. And we've we've had bad incidents at NBA games with the crowd being involved. You almost saw it again. By the way, did you see the, uh, was it the Pelicans? You know, the other day, there was, that almost went into the crowd and could have gotten really ugly. So the awareness is up, but look at the big difference. When people stormed the court back then, you run onto the court, you're high-fiving guys. Now you're storming the court. What are you doing? Your phone's up. Yeah. What do guys do when their phone is up? They look through their phone. Yep. They're yeah. not even looking at people. The person that ran in to Caitlin Clark at uh, Value City Arena, right? She didn't even know that well, Caitlin Clark. She was Clark, in selfie mode. Yeah. She so. had her phone out. 
She was staring at her phone as she ran out with probably a thousand other people. So it stands to reason when that's going on, there are going to be incidents. 216-474-0092. Tom and Akron, you're first up on the fan. Hey, I'm actually surprised that you're against court storming for once in your life. But uh, anyways. There's no steps uh, in a court. (laughs) Tom, continue. Anyways, I I think it's just the most American thing that you could do is storm a court. And it's good for college basketball. You know, it's just like it's that good wrinkle in any sport. College basketball, you can storm the court. You upset somebody. Yes, I do agree with this looking through this phone thing. But, like, I think it's cool. And if they run into a player or whatever, the player could have the right to beat them up. Is there, is there a right? <laughs> this is the craziest thing I've heard all morning. And Wait, think about the territory that brings that. into it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. God in heaven. Nah, it's, it's, it's become a dangerous practice. Uh, do we have Daryl from earlier? We do. This is Daryl on wide receivers. And uh, I, I think this is kind of sobering for some folks. I think you can also pump the brakes on maybe what they need. I don't know where the notion came that the Browns need a number one wide receiver. You have one. His name's Amari Cooper. I think what they need is a complimentary piece to Cooper. They need somebody. Marquise Goodwin, the reason they signed him last year was for speed. That's what they need. They need more speed at that position. Somebody that can go downfield and get themselves open and give Watson uh, another target to, to throw the football. Do the Browns already have a number one wide receiver? Is Amari Cooper a number one wide receiver for your Cleveland Browns? Like, everybody's like, well, yeah, we like Amari Cooper. Okay, then why are we hearing all this about T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson now? And Which, that that was a bit of a surprise. I just thought there was never a chance in hell with him. Uh, Mike Evans, all these other names. Like, wait, wait a minute. So... I think, the, I think the first thing we have to do anytime we have this discussion, because it's come up over the years, and I didn't know how to do the discussion because we get half the phone callers would call up and say, yeah, he's the, he's the number one guy on the team, so he's the number one wide receiver. Then when you think about like national people when they talk about number one wide receivers, they list like six. So if you think there are 32 number ones, Amari Cooper's the number one. 15 if we're, the, I, if I we're would... talking about the number one guys in the league that other defenses are worried about that can change the entire the entire paradigm in a game, guys like Tyree Kill, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we know he has a chance to go to the house at any point. Amari Cooper's not that guy. Jamar Chase, a chance to score, take a four-yard play and make it 80 at any point. That's a number one wide receiver. You know, Devontae Adams, when he when he had a guy throwing to him, you know, was was up in that category. Yeah. yeah. Stephon Diggs, when he's actually yes. feels like he's involved. I think some people are wondering whether or not yeah. he's gonna be in that. AJ Brown the last anymore. two years has been that guy. AJ Brown the last right. two years. He wasn't when he came into the league. I think he but is since he got to Philly, yeah. Yeah. Cooper like, Cup. Well that that was my question. Like Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup always gets hurt. Puka Nakua yeah. has been I what he, he had like almost fifteen hundred yards right. receiving this last year. So is he I, a number one so wide receiver I in the think, league? I think Amari Cooper is really good. Has been better than I thought he was when he came to the Browns. I was nervous about that trade, and now as it turns out, that's one of the best moves this organization has made. I just wouldn't call him a number one wide receiver. Let me go down the let me go down the list. You wouldn't call Amari Cooper a number one. No, not under the the terms that I just gave you, which is a a paralyzing oh, threat. I hold on, hold on. Let me let me explain. A paralyzing threat to defenses that keep defensive coordinators up at night, that know that they have to have safeties 
in in that area to protect. Then. I just named a I'm bunch of guys. Tra- that I, okay, but anybody who's I just available named for guys a trade or now. free agency isn't going to be available. I, I mean, if you're talking about like Puka Nakua, I don't know if he keeps everybody up at night. He had a great season. In a great but season, is he keeping yeah. you up at night already? I mean, you you mentioned him in Cooper Cup. Is Cooper Cup keep, keep, keeping people oh, up all I night think, already anymore? I think in that offense, maybe on another team, Still, maybe not. But in that in that offense, I think he is. I mean, he's got to be healthy enough for an yeah, entire year to be able to do true. something like that. Like Tyreek Hill, okay, yeah. CeeDee Lamb, is he the guy? Is he a guy? Yeah, he's... I'm going to go right down the list here. He, he's had, borderline. Oh, the fourth most receiving yards for wide receivers this year. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think he's borderline, you know, up there. Um... So CD is borderline. Yeah. Okay. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Well, he he looks like he could be. I mean, okay. that was a tremendous year. Because you have three. I mean, you could say what you want to about Dak Prescott, but he can get yeah. CD Lamb the ball for crying out loud, and he played the entire season. And so just look have, at the look at the touchdown numbers by these guys. Yeah. Let me point this out for you. Let me let me let me hit this with. Let me hit you with this. Tyreek Hill, two was healthy the entire year. CD Lamb, Dak was healthy the entire year. I'm on Ross St. Brown. You had Jared Goff, who was there the entire year. Puka Naku, I think Stafford was there the entire season. Most, Most of the season. Of yeah. He might okay. have missed a game or two. A.J. Yeah. Brown had Jalen Hurts the entire year, and things went bad as the season went on. Then he had D.J. Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Nico Collins. Nico Collins had C.J. Stroud throwing to him. Amar Cooper had five different wide receivers. Four. Yeah. Four, because he didn't play in that last True. game. Four different quarterbacks throwing to him. If Amari Cooper had Tua, who I'm not even the biggest fan of, or Dak, certainly I'm not one of the biggest fans of, or Jared Goff. He had 1,250 yards this last year. Could he be even more? Could it have been even more? Well, I, I also think about the way that the best wide receivers in the game can be used. I think just because used. he's so quiet and because he True. plays for our team, we automatically underrate him somehow, as opposed to wide receivers around the around he, the rest of the league. He's played a long time. He has nowhere near the touchdown production of all the guys we're talking about. But he's basically been between... Five, six, and seven touchdowns every year he's in the NFL. You would not call. If he was on any other team, I don't think fans here well, would be calling him, you know, that. And that doesn't mean he's not a great player for them. He's he way closer. Is. He's way closer to Jarvis Landry in 2018 than he is to those hmm. other guys. Which I, Jarvis Landry was the number one, and he's... Yeah, he, for this team. Right. I don't think you can use Amari Cooper, too. The way I, I talked about some of these other guys where you can line them up anywhere on the field, Right. Cooper's not that. But you, Cooper's a good receiver. He's though. a very That's good not receiver. The point of the very good yeah. receiver. Well, no, it's it, it's just a degree of how good it he just, is. Because if you feel you don't have a number one, then you're you're stressing to go find a number one. Yeah, the the the, the, the wonder you do is. have about Amari going forward is he's going to want a new contract, and then he's going to be thirty. So no, Amari that, knows what the score is. He ain't dumb. Now he he he'll be able to run routes till he's forty. Like I I I don't think he'll have any problem creating enough separation, but. Like Daryl said in the clip that, that we had earlier on in the show, I mean, we're talking about speed guys. We're talking about guys that can burn you, and those are the types of guys that really, especially come playoff time too, that are going to drive defensive coordinators crazy because you lose sight of them for one moment. Any of the number ones in this league, it's a touchdown. I don't think there's you that many guys. You make one mistake. I don't think Amari I, Cooper I, is that guy. But I don't think there's that many guys. I don't. And so I, I think there's about – I, if you have half the league, I think you split it in half and put about 15 guys in there that are legit number one wide receivers on contending football teams. And then there's guys who are just listed as the number one wide receiver on not a very good football team. All right. I, I think that with the guy the kind of guys that you're talking about here, I don't think they're attainable for the Cleveland Browns right now. Like Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, you would think uh, Keon Colvin, 
might be that. Well, they're going to all be obviously yes. gone yeah. by the time the Browns are able to draft at 54 or 55, depending on how this all slides out. So now I got to figure out what I'm going to do in free agency. Well, these guys who are, are stay up all night guys are not guys that are going to be available in free agency. Do I have what it takes to trade for one of these guys? Nope. So here we are with Amari Cooper. And I think Amari Cooper's done a fantastic job. I don't know all of a sudden why. It, it does. It feels a bit disrespectful to hear Amari Cooper not amongst all these other guys. And I'm going, what's holding him back? Because he had to play with four different quarterbacks? Because he had to play with Jacoby Brissett last year, who's a fine enough quarterback, but is not of any one of these other guys that we've talked about, obviously, here. So I think that affects Amari Cooper as well. He had Derek Carr before. Now, I've been a guy who's liked Derek Carr historically, not recently, but historically. Plenty of people, including our close friends, have said that he's way overrated. Okay, he played with them. Then he played with Dak Prescott. Well, Dak's able to get one guy the ball very, very well. well. They picked, it was CD they before picked him. CD bef- they picked it, it him Amari over Amari. Yes. And that worked out for us. It, because he's, young, he's younger and he's a really good wide receiver, you would understand why. If I had a first-round top-10 pick and the Browns ended up with Roma Dunze or, or, or Keon Coleman or something like that, then yes, obviously the writing would be on the wall. But I think right now we got to look at one more year of Amari Cooper, and then I don't know necessarily what you do because I can't trust – Frankly, I'm sorry. The, the, it is a 50-50 outcome here, and depending on how nice I want to be about it, where I really like Andrew Barry, but he has Amari Cooper who he traded for. Okay, that was great. And he has DPJ, who's a six-round pick, who was nice, approached 1,000 yards once, but here he is, and he's gone now. And then you also have Elijah Moore, who I think with a lot of times, I think they threw a lot at him too soon. And then you also, and now is going into year four, so you got to figure out what the hell he's going to be. And then you also have Anthony Schwartz out there. Yeah, they there. did the so David Bell thing. Yeah, it's a it's a fifty fifty thing. I like David Bell, and I I like uh, I I like Cedric Tillman. But we're gonna spend the second round pick on the wide receiver now. Yeah, that's the thing. If you every year are gonna do it the way the Browns do it, your likelihood of landing that total stud is almost it's almost impossible. The the, the Puka Nakua things. I mean that that just doesn't happen that often yeah. at that at that position. Like where they're drafting, David Bell was 99th overall. The year before that, Schwartz was 91. So, you know, the likelihood that you're going to land the, the the total stud, you know, at wide receiver. Tillman was 74. He was the 11th wide receiver taken. So tell me if I'm right or wrong. 216-474-0092. I think Amari Cooper is legitimate number one in this league. I don't want to say he's a number one in the league just because he's our number one. That's not what I'm trying to do. I think he's a legitimate number one, and I'm trying not to say just because, well, what other choice do we have? Honestly, it is what other choice do we have. But if, he, if you don't feel he's a true number one, you got to back it up because I, I feel if this guy played with any one of these other guys that we just mentioned, I think, he, I think he'd be right there on the tip of everybody else's tongue. He's aged like a fine one. I don't think he'll be that way for very much longer. We have to look at father time. But as of right now and in going into the 2024 season, yes. Yes. Well, I look at, I'm just going to compare it back to my own fandom again, right? Chiefs don't have a true number one because their quarterback is so good. Fair. If they could get yeah. Amari Cooper tomorrow. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, I'm all aboard on that. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes, I, I know he has a different relationship with his tight end than he would with right. the wide receiver. Tight end, they don't run plays. But I mean, Rasheed they famously was, do not run plays for their tight end. Rasheed Rice was the only thing yeah. during the season that you could count on out, outside, and he's Pick number 55. And one of the finest route runners in all the NFL. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes would love another guy yeah. who could go a little bit deeper and he would know exactly where he is at all times. I'm with you. I agree with you there. 474-0092. Is Amari a legitimate number one in this league still? We'll get to you guys. 216-474-0092. And 
My son's walked in on something very regrettable on Saturday night. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima, live on the fan. Speed uh, Kent State over the weekend. A big win. Usually we don't sweep it. We swept it. Yeah. At least the regular season. I know. And you know what? It's it's that time. And you know, Kenny, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to get away and do all the normal yeah. uh, tournament stuff I do, which is OHSAA. I used to, when it was in Columbus, I used to go every year. Um, now o- it's o- in, uh, yeah, now it's in Dayton. Yeah. OAC tournament. Congratulations to John Carroll oh, yeah. defeating Mount Union in a big battle. Of course, the OAC is like JCU is jumping out of the OAC, so uh. we're not going to get those battles, which were crazy, crazy good battles. Case Western, give it up to them. They're going to the tournament as well. We're going to find out about Mount Union, all, this, all these local teams that are going to yeah. be moving on. Uh, Cleveland State basketball, Youngstown State basketball. The fighting fuel lines of Mount Union, baby. Yeah. A lot of good hoops this time of year. I will be sitting at home and not able to watch any of it. Some good. might call you a hoops head. Or you deserve love it. it. You deserve it. You deserve to not be there. Uh, that's your that's your fault for having kids. Not my fault. Your fault. Yeah, these are the first things that go. I want to get back to Amari Cooper coming up here in a second. 216-474-0092. Is Amari Cooper legit number one in the NFL? And I, I, I'm, I'm running up against you guys because I say he is, but then I'm like, well, I don't want to make the mistake of he's a number one because he's the number one for the Browns. I don't want to do that. So 216-474-0092. However, I did put it out on social media. Saturday, Liz went up to bed early, and I'm like, I ain't going to bed yet. It's like 8 o'clock. I ain't going up there. It's, it's a weekend, baby. It's my time to shine. And my sons were playing with, like, monster trucks in the living room or something like that. And, they, and I go, what do you guys want to watch? And they go, Major League. And Axel's like, I'm like, yep, we're going to watch that. So Axel can recite a lot of it already. He's been watching it without me. Which... He, the weird, the Suzanne Dorn part, he's like, he like shielded his eyes in front of me. I'm like, you only see a part of her ass. Like, you don't well, see was, anything. That's like, good. you don't that's have to do that. That's a good move for you. Yeah. That's, he's doing that for you. Yeah. I think he feels he has to, but I'm like, you don't see much yeah. with Suzanne Dorn. You see her crawl across the bed, which is pretty nice, but that's he, very he, nice you scene. don't know nothing about that anymore. Or not yet, anyway. So it's like, well, you know, whatever. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad he did it. The cussing out parts of it, he watching doesn't have a problem with it, but the other stuff, yeah. So we watch Major League. Okay, Major League's over. And I send them up. I go, all right, time to go to bed. Time for you guys to go upstairs, go, go to bed. So I send them upstairs. And so I go, Paramount Plus, Godfather's on. I turn on the Godfather. Godfather's playing. I get up to go to the bathroom. Now, I'm in the part where I know this is a classic part, and I shouldn't have got up during this time, but I just did. I had to go to the bathroom that bad, and it was the part where Jack Waltz is saying, I ain't no band leader. You know, that the, it's a classic spot. Classic. So I can hear Jack Waltz in the background yelling, he ain't no band leader. And Robert Duvall, thanks very much for the meal. Mr. Corleone insists on hearing bad news immediately, whatever. I'm washing my hands because I wash my hands like a psycho. I, I wash my hands all the time. I'm washing my hands, and I hear the part where Jack Waltz is screaming because he's found the, I don't mean to do any spoilers for everybody, but he finds his horse's head in the bed with him. An iconic scene. Wait a minute. Blood all over the place. Yeah, wait, what? Yeah. Blood all over the place. The whole deal. Johnny Fontaine isn't going to get that part. Well, you better think twice about it now, buddy. So I didn't think twice about it. I open up the bathroom door. I come out and my sons are standing there. Mouth agape. And it's, it's hit me. I mean, that is a, 
cerebral scream by the character Jack Wall. Bone chilling. And my sons are looking at me like, what did we just see? And I'm going, what are you two doing down here? And they're just holding monster trucks like we forgot these monster trucks. I'm going, you were up there for a half an hour? Because the movie is the movie's three-hour long movie. By the time they get the Jack Waltz, we're about a half hour in, I thought. I go, you've been up there a half hour? All of a sudden, you need new monster trucks? I told you guys to go to bed. And they were just still looking at me like, Eli was as white as a ghost. And I'm going, no, 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 no. Like, I thought at the moment I could better explain them walking in on me and Liz than I could anything else. And I just looked at Eli, and I go, the horse isn't real, son. That's a fake horse. This is a movie. It's fake blood. I go, Eli, buddy, none of that is real. Yeah, I'm trying to think it's not real. how real it looked. Um, it, for 1972, that looked yeah. plenty real, buddy. Well, especially if you're in 4K or 8K. Yeah. That's an Extend Technologies TV there, buddy boy. I mean, that was his... He might as well have been in the stable when so I cut the they, head off. Did they ask you questions? Uh, no. No. They just looked at me like they weren't crying. They were just shocked. Because clearly they were trying to be... I, I think they were trying to be sneaky. Sure. They, they, oh, yeah. They waited for me to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. And they then they that bathroom yeah. and all that. Yeah. And I come out, and I think that they were just so shocked to hear Jack Waltz screaming... And they look up and they see a horse's head with blood all over the place. Mm-hmm. And they just froze in time. And I come out and I'm like, what are you guys doing down right, now? Here? So if you were to power rank these. It was loud. I could hear it through the door. Oh, Jack Waltz yelling. The of, of the scenes in the movie that you would not have wanted them to stumble in on. We could power rank them. I mean, Apollonia and Michael consummating their marriage. Oh, yeah. Not a bad you way. don't see much on that, do you? Oh, yes, you do. Oh, you do. see your topless, right? Oh, yes, right? you do. The toll booth. Yeah, I can't forget. Sunny at the toll booth. Uh, Mo Green between the eye. You know, the 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 baptism scene. The Michael retrieving the gun. The Irish chief keeps mm-hmm. chewing the food after he gets shot in the throat. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Should have frisked him better, right? <laughs> Boy, there are a lot of parts of that movie that they... They could have walked into. I guess I had I the know, best part. At least it was just a fake dead horse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think um, about that. Luca Brazzi getting. I thought of Luca oh, yeah. Brazzi. The first thought the I hand, had was right Luca Brazzi. Knife through the hand. Yeah, and then the what you call it, garroting through Garot, the neck. Garrot. Well, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't do that for a garroting. living. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I got out of that business. The piano wire. Luca um, Brazzi's pretty bad, man. Mm-hmm. That part's bad. Carlo getting choked out at the end. I'm happy to see that. Carlo is garbage. Did they ever show Sal and how he died? I don't think so. No, he just walks off. Boy, that was dignified. Yeah. Yeah, can you you do do a solid for me? For all time's sake? For all time's sake, no. Can't do it, Sorry. That was uh, so beautiful, so beautifully subtle. Like, I feel like a mobster movie today would would show him dying a grisly death. No, it was subtle. They treated him with respect, so the movie treated him with some Mm -hmm. semblance of respect. I mean, you know, Francis Ford Coppola knows what he's doing. We all know what's going to happen to Sally. We don't need to see it. Until he casted, you know, part three. Okay, number one would be... number one. Well, is, wait a minute. Oh. I didn't know we were going to start oh, I'm sorry. Again. Luca, Bra- <laughs> Luca Brasi, number one. Okay. Um, the, the shot through the eye is not that bad. Well, just a just series. The eye. There's a series, like, had they have gone up there in the wrong moment, they would have seen five deaths. 
Luca Brazzi, number one. True. Sonny in the Causeway, number two. Dead Horse, number three. Because Jack Walton, I mean, play it again. Jack uh, Walton screaming is just so, it's so yeah. good. I mean, he is. You are a, you are a seven-year-old boy watching that go on. All right, what about Connie ge getting the you-know-what kicked out Okay, of forgot about that. That's number one. Like, back then, that blends in with movie making in the 70s. Forgot in about that. In 2024, they would get canceled. You can't show a woman getting beat up. Yeah. That's, That's a good a power point. ranking. Why don't you ask Hooper on Hooper's farm? All right. 216-474-0092. Is that in Tremont? Are you in Tremont? Hello, Hooper. Hey, how you doing, brother? Hi. Good. I got a great time uh, storming the field. Back to the old Browns days when the cardiac kids were there. Uh, freshman year in Cleveland, we defeated St. Ignatius at their place. We stormed the court. I climbed up on the rim, bent the rim, the priest. And the <laughs> you bent the rim, top. Hooper? Yeah, I climbed up on it, man. Ask John McNally or any of the McNally boys. Any of the guys from McNally. Not one of the dreaded McNally boys. Call, call up Sean McNally. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't make up something like that, Hooper. So, I mean, congratulations, Hooper. You just uh, made the show. We were in college. We won the Mac in football, and I was on a team there. And we also won it in basketball. I'm down at Indianapolis Rupp Arena, and we're playing Marquette. And we knocked off Marquette. I was sitting at the top of the arena. Me and my buddy, we ran all the way down the field. I scooped up Rick Goings, had him on my shoulders, and someone from the school took a picture of it and made the cover. That was a great time. But my most fun was when we won the two championships with the Cleveland Crunch. And I was the mascot. I didn't know we were you were the mascot? He has been waiting for this moment his entire life. Power rank your court story. <laughs> Hooper, I love it. This Thank you very incredible. much for the call. He so has been waiting for this topic for years. Well, where was he 40 minutes ago? He was probably storming the bathrooms. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather him see Apollonia than Sonny in the Causeway. <laughs> Just it's to put a period on well, things. Ah! For a coming of age. By the way, there's no way the guy who was working the toll booth didn't get shot when Sonny in the Causeway. Oh, of course he got shot. Okay, let's. Yeah, let's, ducking. I just, mean, he ducked, Just but... simply ducking is get. What is it made of? Is it made of Kevlar? The booth? No, yeah, no, no. He got it. He just ducked. Did you see the firepower that was involved in that? Not a chance. The whole artillery was. Can't there. believe Sonny was actually able to still get out of the car. AJ, he was also in a car with maybe Sonny. You're next up on the fan. Hello. Hey. Uh, yeah, I AJ, had they had Easy Pass back then, it would have never been a problem. <laughs> hey, so I think I read an article. I would have tweeted it to you, but I'm driving. Okay. Pretty sure with your that windows down? I'm pretty sure that they used a real horse head. Uh, to no. get a better reaction out of the actor. I no. would tweet the article to you, but again, I'm driving. I'm driving. Oh, and AJ, but, uh, you might, so you might job, be right. Oh. There, Ken. There's no way. Look, look it up, man. I'll, I'll try and tweet it to you guys later. All right. Uh, thank you, AJ. AJ Mitch, thank you very what much do you got? So according to Snopes, uh, Francis Ford Coppola said on the 2001 release of the Godfather DVD collection that the head that they used for the horse scene was in fact real. No! no. But, but, <laughs> but, 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 but it came from a slaughterhouse where horses were being destroyed for dog food. That doesn't make it any better. I all hope right. your sons aren't listening. Well, hey, between all of us, okay? My kid thinks it's Where a fake. Where did the head. show go? My son's thinking. Oh, this is what happened. Hey, guys, guys, hey, hey. 
Just telling everybody out there. Did they did they use a real Talia Shire's head when she was getting knocked my, inside the brain? My uh, my my sons think that that they didn't see that part. My sons it's think that that's a fake head. My sons think that's a fake horse head. So let's keep it that okay. way, okay? You guys well, can all do me a favor out there. When are they going to watch? I'll have to make a call to the Carmen House. No, today? you won't. When are they going to watch Human Centipede, Ken? That's a graduation present. Is that a real centipede? So you asked whether or not Amari Cooper is a. Stop. You asked whether or not Amari Cooper is the number one wide receiver, or am I just saying he's a number one? I I think it's if he had four if he didn't have four quarterbacks. Uh, the 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 bigger question would have been if Deshaun Watson was healthy the entire yeah. year, what would he have had? I mean, Joe Flacco was able to find him. Would he have had a record-breaking day against Houston if it was Deshaun Watson? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not Boy, sure. Boy, that part's interesting because... Joe if, had a hot hand. I can't sit here and say that Amari, Joe Flacco's better than Deshaun Watson, for crying out loud. Amari Cooper, I, I know he had the 265 yards against Houston the end of the year, which was just absolutely crazy. I, I, I see a game like that from him. That was the only game you ever saw. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Um, this would be an easy discussion. Kind of doesn't matter who the quarterback is for Amari Cooper. I pulled up Najoku. Najoku's six best games were all non-Deshaun Watson games, including the playoffs. They were all non-Deshaun Watson games. So you could definitely say that, and normally the tight end's a safety valve for, for a quarterback. You'd think that'd be perfect for Deshaun Watson. But his games were all everybody but. Amari Cooper, it, didn't, it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. He is going to. So that makes him a legitimate number yeah, well, that, one. That's to your point. I mean, you, 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 the way you kind of mentioned it, where you were mentioning about three guys in the NFL who are borderline Hall of Famers in the future. Like, I'm not putting Amari in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. He has almost 10,000 yards he has receiving, a lot of but production. I mean, what the hell? Um, I'm, not, not, I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame right now, but I think if we're looking at number one wide receivers, my argument at a number one is he a number one guy on a contending football team with a really good offense. Yes. Okay. He's a number one wide receiver on a good football team on a contending football team that did have a good offense this year. Okay, then he's a legitimate number one. Now, the question would be from how much longer? Because this is I don't think it's this year where you're going to run into the problem. I think next year you run into the problem. He'll be 30 this coming year. Okay, well, then Father Time's going to have something to say about all this. So he'll be 30 Although this I, coming I year. I do think his game holds up. He, he, he can create I enough separation. So. I hope so, but I also have to – what am I legitimately going to get out of him? And remember, if we just restructure his contract, we're kicking the can down the, down the road. We're not going to have him. So now I have to worry about that. Who am I replacing him with? Am I replacing him with Evan Moore? No. Am I able to replace him with a free agent wide receiver? Well, again, if they're legitimate number one wide receivers, and some guys become that way, but if they're a legitimate number one wide receiver, they really don't become free agents. I don't. Amari Cooper got traded to Dallas and then got traded to Cleveland. I don't think he ever had the chance to be a free agent, right? So if you're a legitimate number one, you're not going to get that chance. Oh, am I going to draft him in the second round? Well, then I have to look at Andrew Barry's history with drafting wide receiver, which is spotty. It's a spotty thing. So this is a like some people are they're just worked into a shoot just for the question of it. I need to make sure that he is. I think he is, but I want to make sure that I look around the league and I see a legitimate number one because for some people's standards, then nobody else is a number one other than about three guys. So that's not the standard that I'm painting here. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Coming up next. Mitch, please, and curious question to Darius Garland coming up on the fan. Ian Rappaport, 31 minutes ago, Marvin Harrison Jr., likely the draft's top wide receiver, says he's going to do it differently. No agent, no testing at the combine, probably not at pro day. 
and it's not going to jeopardize his stock whatsoever. Yeah. Nope. But very few guys can get away with that. I know there's going to be a lot of think pieces that will come out and say, is that the death of the combine? No. No. Um, a lot know, of guys need the combine. Um, I'd to say, get people talking about them. I'd say 90, 99% of the players. Marvin Harrison don't need nobody most, talking about them. Most of those guys in the draft this year don't have a Hall yeah. of Fame father. Yeah. Plenty of people are going to be saying plenty of things about Marvin Harrison. He's your advisor. For uh, it says he's not even – according to Albert Breer – uh, says he's just skipping all the drills in Indy. He's not at the combine training facility at all. It said staying at OSU and building towards his rookie season. Yeah. Albert Breer will be on Afternoon Drive this Thursday at around 520. If not, that's why you got to listen to every single moment at every single show, 923thefan.com and on the don't, free Odyssey app as well. Don't people pay to go to the combine now? Don't they open it up for fans? Am I, I wrong they on do. that? They've, in the past few seasons, they had tickets for fans that you could get. So if you knew that you weren't going to see Marvin Harrison Jr., you weren't going to see Caleb Williams, I don't know what the quarterback situation is for guys uh, that wanting to throw. Would that make you not want to go to the combine? No, still want to go. You go to have a guys trip, weekend guys trip, but you get to see guys run around in their underwear and football. I think that's Is there sounds, a casino over I, there? Um, Indy? I'm not, I mean, if you're I close. I don't remember. If you're close. You get a, I'm telling you, that's... a steakhouse if you want to go there. Yeah, I'm, well, no, you're going to, because if you go out and about, if you're a really true, strong football fan, you're going to go to one of the area restaurants, and you're going to see a who's who of football, of current football. It's part of what makes the Hall of Fame festivities so much fun. because you go to some to of the, You go to some of the restaurants and bars in Canton, Ohio, and you're going to run into guys with gold jackets. They might not be wearing the gold jacket at the time, but you're going to see some incredible. I think I'd rather go to. Senior bowl practice, then go to the combine yeah, I'm sure and watch those other guys. Things. I'm sure I would rather this watch is guys. very low on my. I'm my personal. We don't have to do another well, power I, ranking. No, the combine seems to me for anybody that would pay to go watch that. I'd rather lowest I'd, form of football. I'd probably would rather go actually see guys run into each other if I'm going to go watch a football festivity thing. But if you just want to do some sightseeing or whatever. And you're I, like, I wouldn't get on a plane and go to Indianapolis unless it was my job to go to the combine. But if you're living in Fort Wayne or something like that, what the hell travel North or wherever the hell Fort Wayne is on their map. I'm not really sure. Or maybe you just, there. maybe you just want to pretty far away from Indy. Yeah, well, what the hell? I'm Two sure it's hours. a couple hours. Maybe you're just looking for something to do in February. That's indoors. Yeah. Which, okay. you know, you can't necessarily do that in other that's places. Enough for oh. that. Hey, real quick as well. Peter King retiring. Who takes over as the, uh, like he took over for Dr. Z. It was Dr. Z, yeah. then it was Peter King. Who takes over as the insider of insiders? Or is that left blank now because of new media? <clears throat> Oof. I'd have something for the podcast tomorrow. Yeah. Well, well. As like the dean of the insiders? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, everyone's going to say just it's Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter's just telling you things you're about to hear yeah, he in five minutes. What's the and last he's thing not he's writing right? columns. No. Yeah, I'm not seeing his opinion that I agree or disagree with it on. I mean, there's nothing there. I would say of uh, the guys. Albert? Um, yeah, Albert Breer would be high on my rankings. Yeah, he did step in at SI afterwards. Ian Rappaport still still has a lot. I But see, to me, I value more what Peter King did. Peter King would be able to at any point. All right, there was a crazy ending in that game in Detroit. Well, you, I'm going to call not only the head coach, I'm going to call the quarterback. You saw the video I I'm posted gonna, of on Instagram of him sitting down with Andy Reid and Andy Reid going over the play yeah. with him as he wrote it down. Yes, yeah, I love that they stuff. Not everybody can just do that. That stuff to me is way more valuable. I love the ins and outs. I think Albert Breer does a 
great job of doing that. Um, I don't know how many guys have the cachet to be able to do that. I know, like, Peter Schrager does talk. He has, he's buddies with the coaches. Oh, but then I wonder, point. is he such good buddies with the coaches that the information he's getting is so censored? Like, they're not going to tell him anything. But he does it the I, right way. He doesn't get na- – like, I don't know if Peter King – like, there's been things that Peter King has been strong, oh, strongly yeah. opinionated on. Ask him about Deshaun Watson. But I haven't seen him get out-and-out out nasty with people. Whereas, like, Florio, Florio will get in the dirt and right. get nasty with people. Other guys from other outlets will get nasty. Well, I one guy Peter I think Schrager it could be, do that. Jay Glazer has, an, has a relationship with guys like a lot of other people don't. But Jay Glazer also just beat you down if he needs to. That's true. All right, Mitch, please. You going to make the show better today? I hope so. It was a pretty damn good show. Good luck to you. All right, so we have this clip from the Cap and J. Hood Morning Show over at ESPN 1000 in Chicago. David Kaplan kind of went in on Justin Fields, who did address his unfollowing of the Bears and the NFL on social media this week. Here's what David had to say. Unfollowing the Bears, unfollowing the NFL, that's a coward's way out. I don't want all the rumors on my timeline. I just want to go on vacation and get away from everything. Then why do you go on a podcast to become the lead story on every channel? When has the Bears ever posted about a rumor? The answer is never. So that's a bunch of BS, Justin. Two, there's a mute button. Why don't you just mute the ones you don't want to see? Or... Better yet, you can delete the app and sign back on when vacation's over if that's what you choose. Three, I want the TVs turned off. I'm tired of hearing about the Bears quarterback spot. Mitchell David Trubisky, 2019. How is that any different than this guy saying, I just just want it to be over. I'm tired of the rumors, Caleb, Justin, Justin, Caleb. Why don't you just keep your mouth quiet and just get off the grid, man? Hold me to this because I rolled my eyes when I first heard this. Audio courtesy ESPN 1000. I am seeing some people on social media. Now, this is a product of being too much online. They have posted pictures of Deshaun Watson on vacation, and they're like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that our quarterback's on vacation. (laughs) He's not allowed to go on vacation. So if I, at one point, start ripping and roaring and getting all upset over quarterbacks being on vacation, then you got to... Because if I'm rolling my eyes over Justin Fields, I better be able to roll my eyes over everything. I'm trying to hold myself accountable here. Because my first reaction was, I don't care if he follows or unfollows. I lived through the LeBron era of the Cleveland Cavaliers and him following and not following and then fitting in and fitting out. So I I think I'm pretty used to that sort of thing. And that's probably the reason I rolled my eyes. But I saw some fans not too thrilled with Deshaun Watson just happening to go on vacation because this would be the time he would go on vacation. So if I end up getting worked into a shoot over that tone... Well, it, without a doubt, and these players, they know everybody is watching their accounts like a hawk. So they love, they do get involved in the melodrama. As much as they hate uh, guys taking shots at them, whether it's the media or the fans, they also do kind of love the endless pursuit of any news associated with them. Like, I, I do think a lot of these young players, they they Google their names, they search their names all the time. And I don't know what percentage of them can handle the stuff they see on the other side of it. Because as we know, it doesn't matter who you are. Would you say Patrick Mahomes is the only guy that could search his name on Twitter and feel pretty good about it? No, because you're immediately going to see bad things written on social media about your family. I'm not going to be one of the people who say it, but that's sure as hell what happens. So if you go search your name, there's a bunch. I mean, you got thousands of people telling you that you should break up with your wife and you should stay away from your brother and your father and all that other stuff, which is in a lot of ways repugnant, but... 
that's what you're going to get. So I'd stay away from that, too. We might have to do a power ranking for tomorrow. Browns players that could search their name on Twitter and feel really good about it. I think there's a bunch of them. I think, actually, there is a, even in this fan base, which can be unhinged with all the losing, I think after this year, there's a lot of guys that will Twitter search their name. Find like like Joel wouldn't. Batonio, Wyatt Teller. Who's, I don't know if Joel knows how to use who's, who, Right? Who's ripping those guys? Nobody. Well, that was excellent. That was excellent. Well done, Mitch. One for one this week. But what the hell is Kaplan doing in Chicago? He's a great host. What the hell is he going to talk about all the time? I'm not ripping him for that. I'm just... I'm, I mean, their, their quarterback situation is the biggest story yeah. by far... With the draft and what he's telling his audience, he doesn't care about it? Before we go, how close are you watching Darius Garland now? Oh, it's like, like I said, a it's, it's, it's possession by possession now. He's got to play better. I mean, yeah. he he's not playing like a top 20 point guard. Yeah, I don't like where this is going, and I'll tell you guys tomorrow morning. He just needs needs to get attention. back in the rhythm. He needs to get healthy. I don't he's like this way attention. better than this. I don't like this attention for this young man. Talk about that more coming up tomorrow morning at 6. For Big Country, for Jeff. For Mitchapalooza, for the Slippery Wizard, Anthony Lima, I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Go Cavs! I know they play tomorrow, but still, go Cavs. One of Cleveland's newest daddies is back where he belongs. Hey, sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.